Okay, so why don't we uh, call the meeting to order uh, initially with a roll call for uh, members of the school committee. Uh, Kim Knight here. Michelle Kirkby here. Kristen Simonini here. Will Horn here. And Leo not present? Not yet, no. Not feeling well and is going to try to zoom in. And, oh, and you'll let us know and even if he does come in, just give us a sign or give us a, just, just so we know he is here. Um, so uh, before taking public input, just a quick comment. Um, we're one out comment on, on the uh, public in, input as well. That there's a lot of topics on the agenda. Um, and we have some awesome guests here today that we want to we wanna hear from as well. So um, for some of the topics, I'm going to, for some of the more operational and, and, and whatnot, I'm going to try to um, keep some of ours, more some of the more traditional ones to closer to five minutes than 10. Um, and, uh, you know, we may try to move it along. It's not just, um, you know, when appropriate, uh, just trying to get, get through everything. Um, that does not hold to our guests. We, you know, the guests who are here, we, we are very thankful that you're here. We want to hear that. And I want to promote all kinds of, you know, whatever communication and discussion is necessary. And, um, <clears throat> Public input, we'll take at the beginning. And if, if, although I'm guessing we don't usually get a lot of public input, but we may um, impose time limits if, if need. Um, so uh, th that's the idea. I ask members of the committee to also keep me honest in terms of that. So, so uh, just we can uh, we can run run through everything. And um, with that, we uh, take public input. Uh, Members of the public will be welcome to comment during the public input period, either here or through Zoom. If you're on Zoom, please raise your hand. Uh, we used to ask that you keep your camera on when making Zoom comment, and that you, in either case, that you follow school committee policy for public input, including speaking for no more than three minutes and only on topics under the purview of the school committee. And whether you're on Zoom or here, uh, if you could start with your name and address, that would be appreciated. So is there any public input? Um, Chris Hawks, Seven Cook Street. Um, I just wanted to touch on three items um, that are on the agenda tonight. Um, I have a number of comments and questions that I hope you will put forth um, as part of your discussion on each of these topics. So I'll start with the budget calendar. Um, I want was curious to know where the school committee uh, financial liaison fits into the actual calendar. I didn't see the financial liaison noted anywhere on it. Um, secondly, at the summer, school committee summer workshop, an excellent suggestion was brought forth to hold a public hearing earlier in January, followed by a school committee vote taking place in later January at a regular meeting. Um, this sequence is common for every month of hearings. I haven't heard the school committee talk about this suggestion at all. So I was curious about the status of it. Uh, secondly, uh, second topic is the wellness policy based on the actual law and MASC recommendations. Wellness program coordinators must report to school committee annually, yet the draft policy only states the superintendent will receive and approve the report. The policy must reference the role of school committee and that report must be given publicly. Second point on the wellness policy, it should also include the legal references, which are provided on the MASC model policy. I would assume school committee realizes that DESE had required this policy to be put into place by July 1st, 2022. 
And that Medfield was originally due for a Jesse administrative review in 2019-2020 with relation to this policy and the wellness program. And I didn't know whether that review had ever happened or whether an extension was given. And then lastly, on school committee goals, we sent um, all the school committee members feedback on the draft goals, but it's important to reiterate publicly one point. Here with the final question, without a review of last year's budget for actuals, a discussion of student assessment data, and also district-wide enrollment, I find it hard to understand how a committee can vote on, goal, on its own goals when they don't address any of those areas and have a very rich discussion about them. Um, so I'm, I, I'd like to know where that's sort of where that stands. Um, and then also just, just a, a passing point. I'm really happy to see the students here tonight. Um, and I wish Molly was here tonight. I know who she is. She's a great student. And I just really hope that the committee will do everything in its power to engage the school committee rep throughout the, the school year um, in discussions. Um, it's really wonderful to hear their perspective. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else in the room, or are there any Zoom hands raised? Um, no hands raised, but Leo's on. Okay, welcome, Leo. And oh, oh, and can you move Leo to panelist? Thank you. And if he speaks, we'd be able to hear him. And if he's a panelist, he can speak at any time. Okay, thank you. Um, with that, uh, let's look at the consent agenda. And actually, that's uh, basic today. Approval of the regular meeting minutes minutes from uh, September 14th, 2023, and uh, donations. And I took a quick look. I'm not sure um, I'll direct it towards Dr. Marston or anyone else on the donations. Is so there's there one from Wheelock PTO. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Is there... Um, and I thought there was uh, some... right here. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Good. Yeah, the donations. Um, and should I read through them? So you have three thousand dollars. From the read them. What's that? Oh, yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Read the donations. Uh, ask that you approve the donations as presented. Um, three thousand dollars from the Blake PTO to be deposited in the Blake gift account to be used for bus transportation for the Grade Six Hale Reservation uh, field trip. $1,695 from the Wheelock PTO paid directly to Mobile Ed Productions for the Earth Dome performance. $1,411.04 from the Wheelock PTO paid directly to the Plymouth Patuxent Museum for the People of Dawn presentation. And $450 from the Dale PTO to be deposited in the gift, Dale gift account to be used for recess supplies. I ask to approve as presented. Okay. And I say um, also a huge thank you. We continue. The, the various uh, the various organizations, but um, a consent agenda. Do I uh, is there an motion? Motion to approve consent agenda as presented. Second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Sounds right, unanimous. Okay. Thanks, Leo. Uh, okay. Thank you. I just have the regular agenda. So yeah, if there's others, <clears throat> um, they, they may ask for your help on that. No problem. Uh, student advisory. Excited. I was at one point. I was like, "Wait, we're into October." So I don't. Let, I mean, who who wants to start? And, and maybe just let us know. This is the first meeting, so um, tell us who you are and and um, what you have in mind and sharing. <laughs> you and, have to. Uh, thank and thank you. 
each one of you for raising your hand. And, uh, it's appreciated. <laughs> um, I'm Julia Keating. I'm the um, Rep to School Committee for Class 2024. Um, we just had our senior boat cruise, and it went very smoothly, and everyone had a great time. Um, it had a dance floor that was used majority of the time. Um, there was games and a lounge um, area, so everyone had something to do. Um, it was a great way for to start off the year, and it was forced us to bond with each other. I think it was a good uh, start. We are planning a surprise in November for our seniors to re like relieve the stress of college applications, and then we're making magnets and pennants for our class. It says Medfield Class 2024. I think that's about it. <laughs> Julia, um, there's so much going on right now with within school um, and within Medfield and lots of activities, but I know there's also a lot that's happening in the world at large. And I'm wondering, just your perspective as a senior and sort of seeing a lot of the kids, like how how's everyone doing? Are the kids okay? Um, I think so, yeah. I, yeah. I know it's um, a lot's happening, but I think we're all doing pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Hello, uh, my name is Michael Ross. I'm the rep to the school committee for the class of 2025. And um, we've had a good start to the year. And in our um, class officers meetings, we've, we've started planning, um, writing holiday cards for active military, right, right around the holidays. It's still in the planning stages and we also sold some dog leashes at Medfield Day just to raise money for prom and other class activities. Um, and we were planning on maybe offloading them to a local business, but that's also still in the planning stages and emailing and reaching out. Um, and we're obviously excited for prom and... Gillette again, right? Yeah. Good. You guys talk about a menu yet? No, not okay. yet. <laughs> it's very important. Are you guys on track for the fundraising for that? Yes. Dog leashes is pretty creative. I never would have thought of that, actually. I don't yeah, have a dog, but I would buy one from you anyway, just to, to do it. We started that last year, and we have a couple couple more to sell, so looking looking to find ways. So. Nice. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Hello, my name is Tess Bakke. I'm the representative um, of the sophomore class. Uh, the start of the year was pretty good. It was really smooth compared to freshman year from that transition. And um, for our student government, we started planning a Halloween movie night. So this would be just like a class event to like bring together like the ninth and 10th graders. And it would be like completely free. We just feel like um, it would be like, I feel like the ninth and 10th graders don't get as much like, because the upperclassmen get prom and everything like that. So we just wanted to like, bring them together. And then we are also working on volunteer hours, like community service. And so this would be at the senior center for our grade. So just more like ways to get involved. That's about it. Have you guys done that before, the senior center? Um, I'm not sure. Like our grade personally hasn't, yeah. but um, maybe other grades, I'm not sure. Okay. Yes, is one comment. I, I'm not sure I heard it right. So you're saying you're doing something for the freshmen and sophomores? Yeah, we're working with the ninth grade class. All right. That's and that might even be part of the first comment where start of the year was good and you said the transition was a little easier. Yeah. 
-hmm. you're probably sharing wisdom with those ninth graders. <laughs> I guess that's no pressure for our ninth graders. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Todd. Um, I'm Ashley Gatson Gino. I'm the representative for the class of 2027. Um, our officers were just elected, so we haven't been able to have a meeting yet, but we're planning to have one on Tuesday so we can start talking about things that we want to do this year and then also to start planning the meeting next for sophomores. Excited to be here. So, yeah. <laughs> this is great. You know, with our student reps here. By the way, at one point I thought it wasn't on the agenda. I think we're, we have to do it every other every month. Other, but, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's good. You, and you, you um, thank you. You're welcome to stay for the whole meeting, um, but you're not required to stay for the whole meeting. Look, they're running away. Oh my gosh, she didn't even let me finish. That's a great lead, great lead. You don't have to stay for the whole meeting. Okay, um, so next is the principles. Um, so back to the principles. All right, so. I think we just need the volume. Is that volume on the computer or is that Leo? You... Leo unmuted himself. He should be good now. Okay. Leo. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, the, the uh, principal's opening report. Uh, no, you guys don't need to hear my topic. Report. You don't need to hear my topic and my samples. It's, it's totally fine. Okay. All right. Who's up first? Robert's up first. Robert's up first. Good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you for having us. Um, Robert Parker, principal of the high school, and I'm pleased to uh, provide a report on the opening uh, of school for Mitchell High School for this year. Uh, in general, we had a, a smooth opening. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank our head custodian, Keith Vogel, and his team um, for getting the building ready uh, for our return. Uh, as we know, they work, the work they do over the summer is very important. Uh, they're often in hot and uncomfortable conditions here in the building. Uh, but as always, the building looked great for the return of our students and staff. Um, as we normally do, we kick off the opening of school with our senior crews, as Julia alluded to. Uh, it's a highlight for our seniors and a wonderful way to reconnect with them after the long summer. Uh, for those of you not familiar with the senior cruise, that uh, takes place in the Boston Harbor, includes a dinner and a dance. Uh, the weather was absolutely spectacular on that evening, and it's something that we've done for about 10 years now where we used to do it in the spring, we moved it to the fall, um, and we do it on the second day of school, which sort of makes for a long night for us chaperones <laughs> and sure a long knows. Friday the next day. Uh, but it's important. It's great to start off the year that way and a great bonding experience uh, as our seniors embark on an important year. So um, always a highlight for the adults that go on that trip as well as, as the seniors. Uh, in terms of goals and initiatives for this school year, uh, we're excited to lean into the district's new strategic plan uh, among other items, uh, we are continuing our work to further develop our cultural uh, responsive teaching strategies as we strive to develop an environment for all of our students that focuses on uh, equity, belonging, and wellness. Uh, as a staff, we have professional development scheduled on this topic, and we'll continue to use faculty and department time as well. Um, as a result of the work that we've done in this area uh, over the past year, we've created more opportunities for student voice. We've done activities in class to build relationships and trust with our students. Uh, recently, our students participated, participated in advisory where they were able to share with us different items uh, and experiences they've had here at the high school uh, that have provided them with a sense of belonging. And we also are in the process of collecting some feedback from them in terms of what we can do at the school. 
um, to be more inclusive. So we're still gathering that data, but the students are fantastic in, in their ability to articulate how they feel and being able to provide some with some good feedback. Um, communication and, and engagement is always uh, one of our top priorities here at the high school, and we'll continue to provide our weekly school news updates for our students and families. Um, we found this to be a great way for uh, folks to stay informed. Uh, one slight twist to our updates for this year is we're calling it a handbook highlight. Uh, we have found that many students and parents can't always keep items in the handbook at the forefront uh, for lots of reasons. Um, so one of our assistant principals, Brenda Hagen, is actually highlighting an aspect of the handbook into our news update every week. And the feedback we've gotten on that has been really positive. Um, in an effort to continue strengthening the homeschool partnership, uh, we are hosting teacher conferences here at the high school, and those will take place next uh, next Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, the purpose of these conferences is to provide an opportunity to share updates related to student progress, uh, including student strengths and areas of uh, improvement. Uh, parents have been signing up for these conferences <clears throat> over the past week or so. As of this morning, I think we had over 900 individual um, appointment set up for the two days. So um, the, the response has been pretty good. Uh, and parents have the opportunity to either come in for a conference or they have a Zoom option. And um, sort of, it appears as though we're close to about half and half. So many parents opting for the Zoom option. Um, so we're looking forward to these meetings. We also have um, a similar format set up for the spring. Um, and we're gonna take sort of our experiences this fall to see if there are any tweaks that are be uh, need to be made, and then we'll incorporate those into our spring conferences, which will take place in March. Um, also this spring, we'll sub be submitting our NEASC four-year report. Um, the item that we are left, uh, that is left is for us to complete is finishing the curriculum maps. Uh, this is important work that's been ongoing, and these maps will allow us to be more consistent in how instruction is delivered in the classroom and how topics are covered from teacher to teacher. Uh, professional development for staff obviously continues and is ongoing. Uh, we're continuing to provide PD this year in the area of differentiated instruction, grading for consistency, as well as providing additional training for teachers who teach AP courses. Uh, this year, our ninth grade teachers have been meeting regularly to discuss uh, the eighth to ninth grade transition. Um, we just had our second meeting uh, last week, so those will be ongoing throughout the year as well with the hopes of improving that transition process. Um, also new this year, we've instituted cell phone caddies into the classroom. Uh, as we continue to look for ways to improve, improve the learning experience for students and um, our staff, we've been discussing uh, different ways we can curb the distractions that phones can cause in the classroom. Um, but, you know, we do use cell phones for certain classes. However, for the most part, students are asked to put them away. Um, I think Jeff's going to share some data. A little bit later in the meeting, uh, we surveyed staff and over 80% of them have noticed a, a significant difference in more effectiveness in terms of their classroom management with these caddies. Um, so I'm happy to report that we've made some headway, a significant headway in that area. And of course, extracurriculars are always a big part of the experience here at the high school. Uh, you might've seen some of the decorations in the hallways. Uh, this is Spirit Week here uh, at MHS and it's gonna culminate tomorrow. Well, with tomorrow's pep rally, that will be taking place outside in the afternoon. Uh, this year, we have 45 clubs, uh, which is, I think, the highest number of clubs that we've had in my 13 years as a principal here. And we also have over 60 students who are participating in our fall musical. Um, that musical will take place over uh, the weekend on November 17th. This year's musical is Grease, so we hope you can come out and watch that and support our students. 
Um, and also next week, we're gonna be hosting seven students from France. Um, they'll be staying with host families for about two weeks. Uh, these students will attend school during the day and shadow their host student. Uh, so as you can see, there's never a quiet moment um, here at the high school. And finally, I'm excited to introduce uh, Christian Roth, one of our seniors. Christian Roth, come on up. Um, he is starting his second year as a member of our site council team. And um, one of the items we're going to be working on this year is how we can better support our seniors throughout this whole college process. Uh, as you know, it's very different from when we were going through it as high school students. And as a parent of two kids in college, I have that perspective and I get a good sense of what it's like at home. And certainly living in the building with uh, our seniors, you can really see the impact that, that the process has over the fall months. Um, uh, Christian is, uh, like I said, a senior and he's sort of knee deep in um, the application process. And the November 1st deadline is coming for our students. So as a school, we've tried to do a lot of things to to really understand and acknowledge the fact that our students have a lot on their plates. Um, our guidance counselors work closely with our students over the next over the past month and going into next month. Our teachers are well aware that you know our students have a lot in their plates as well. So we're trying to be very flexible with, with them as these November 1st deadlines are looming. But Christian's going to share his thoughts. He's been a wonderful addition to our site council team over the past year or so. And um, he's going to help us going forward in site council this year as we try to you know, identify some areas that we can do here at the school to improve the process for the students. So Christian, I'll turn it over to you for today. Hello, my name is Christian Roth. I'm a senior here at Medfield High School, and I'm just here to talk about how the college application process has been for me and how the school has helped and stuff like that. So first off, I want to say overall, I think the school is doing a, a very good job in supporting us as students during this college application time. And that has already started last year when our guidance counselors all made sure that we had um, asked the teacher for a letter of recommendation before we um, left last year for summer break. And then this year, we've already had a couple of class meetings in the auditorium with our guidance counselors where they have like a full slideshow and just giving us information about what we have to do, what the school does and how it all works and everything. And then um, guidance counselors have been very good at reminding us like when certain things are due, like the transcript request form, stuff like that. And I think just overall the communication from the guidance counselors and the school has been very good. Like it's always very clear when something is due or when something needs to be done and they're good at communicating that. And then some things I felt that were really helpful here is just having um, flex just in general, because you can sign up for um, to sign up to meet with your guidance counselor during flex. And that's just the perfect time. Like you're already at school, you just sign up real quick and head down there and have a conversation with your guidance counselor. Very helpful. Um, also, in one of my wellness classes, um, we for one of the classes, we just had a guidance counselor come down and just um, chat with us and then go around to each student and ask them like um, if they had any questions or anything, which I thought was also very helpful. Of course, this only applies to people of wellness first semester, but I thought that was helpful as well. And then um, for me personally, balancing schoolwork and um, the college applications and stuff like that hasn't been too terribly 
difficult. It's been pretty manageable, but of course, everyone's different. Everyone has different things going on, and it can be different for every person. But um, people like there's other people that have already written their college essay over the summer, so it's not as much pressure now, stuff like that. And um, but I also think that like teachers are aware that this time is like pretty intense and stressful for us, so um, they they take that into consideration. And one of my teachers was actually like. Oh, I know you guys are going through this whole process, so I'm gonna lighten up the workload a little bit, and I was very thankful for that. Um, <clears throat> and then one thing that I struggled with was that it was um, coming up with like a topic for my college essay, and I like just didn't really know how to get started at all, or like what is what the format's supposed to look like, or how to structure it. So I thought it might be helpful if like. The school had like a, a doc or a page that says like how to get started with your college essay, maybe some questions on there that like help you get your thoughts going or like just a general outline of what it's supposed to look like because I really had no idea or maybe some examples from which you can like you can read those and see oh this is kind of what it's supposed to look like because for me I was just like hmm like I don't is this like an English essay type thing is this like a, how do I how do I even approach this. And, um, but yeah, I think overall the school has done a great job in supporting us during this application process. And um, yeah, that's it. Christian, I've, it's, uh, I'm not gonna tell you how many years, but it's been a lot of years since I went through the process. Hmm. Um, you do, it, the way it works now, are you doing different essays for every application? No. Okay, um, we shared. One, one college essay um, in Common App that gets sent to all the colleges but then some colleges may have a like specific prompt for that college, which is normally a bit shorter and a specific question that the college has picked out as opposed to the general question that gets sent to everyone. Okay. So yeah, that's very common for supplemental questions. Right. And how many applications are you doing, if you want to say? Well, for I'm doing one application for early decision, and then we'll see how that ends up and then for regular decision if i don't end up getting into my early decision choice i'll have more options but right now i'm just focusing on one application to do early decision i'll never forgive boston college who i did early decision for and got deferred and i had to wait to be told no like why five months later i still will never never ever cheer for the eagles for that reason <laughs> apologies to any eagles um but you know you bring up a good point <laughs> It's the waiting for the answer. The thing that I, I don't know that people realize as much is the process is going more, more public yeah. for us. So um, I think it's hard. And, and you know, I, one of the things that we talked about the staff is really supporting the students and seniors through this process because some students will hear back in, you know, even as early as late November and then December and then. The holidays come, everyone wants to know, but they might not have heard back or they got deferred and then it lingers into the spring. So it doesn't just end on November 1st. Okay. <laughs> it's a process. It's, it is the process, but we don't like the process. But um, it does make it challenging for students who, you know, you're in class and, oh, well, person next to you got their third and it's still in and it's February or March. Yeah. That makes it Christian, you give a lot of credit to our guidance counselors here, which is awesome. Guidance counselors here, which is awesome. Um, 
Yeah, you muted. Yeah, no, um, but but um, have we have we closed the loop on like that part of it? Like, do we have stuff? So I I totally think what you just mentioned is so important. Like when the kids don't get into their first choice, where are we? So the guidance counselors help you through the process, but have we have they talked to you at all about like how to handle it when you get in or if you don't get in and that stuff, or has it just been like process oriented so far? Or there, and if it's not guidance counselors, is it, is it other people? Most of the stuff so far has been like the process and the actual writing the application and applying and how that all works. There hasn't been much talk of what, like what if don't get in or yeah. do get in or stuff like that, but I mean, nobody has heard back yet. So. Yeah, of course. And I appreciate that your principal's right here in naming that because I think that is where, you know, there's stress to get to deadlines. But then all of a sudden when people start posting on Instagram or how are you guys doing now that they're in, um, I think any work there would be awesome to help with the kids. Like kind of like how you announce that you got in, how do you support a friend that didn't get in and, and that stuff where there's a lot of, you know, anxieties. Yeah, and it's very fluid. Not everyone. Yeah, a lot of people are applying by November 1st, but right. we have students that are submitting applications all the way in the spring. Yeah, for sure. So it's, you know, it's it's constant. Uh, the bulk of them definitely uh, do take place around November 1st, by November 1st. Sure. We will be doing a series of students who are submitting for the holidays, and they're outside of the holidays. So yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, what I wonder, just to follow on, and I would think there's a certain element, and my daughter, it was. There's some mentorship and coaching that gradually occurs. You know, it's at, with the, with the, with guidance counselor. You you eventually find that one that because it's it some of it will be so procedural, but then it's unique what every student goes through. Um, it is interesting to hear that reminder too, because it's so much to do to hit that November one deadline. But I, listening to students over mm -hmm. the last few years too, it's more that January till you know Marchish. The ups and downs are, are really challenging. So, so I think that you know, like it, it's probably like what I heard over and over here. It, it's also the relationships you're building, and, and which I think we're you know we're continuing to do more for that. Because um, that that is, it's a. I'm glad you're standing here today, and you know, um, I hope you get what a positive answer on that first choice. But it's <laughs> no matter what, it's a tough process. You know, I think. Um, I think that the great news is, is as students graduate, you have so many choices regardless. And that's what I, I would always try to remind folks is like, hey, man, you know, whatever your, your goals are, you, you, you have such great options, typically. Robert, I had a question around the conferences. Yes. Um, so this is the first time that the high school is doing conferences. Can you talk a little about how it's working in regards to I'm guessing every parent doesn't get to meet with every teacher. How long are each slots? How many how many slots are parents allowed to sign up for? How many slots are teachers having? Just a little about the, I guess, the logistics behind how it's going to work. Yeah, we didn't put a restriction on okay. the number of, of uh, teachers that parents can meet with. So um, I don't have the exact uh, data on, on the number that each parent has signed up for, but any parent could sign up for all if they wanted. And how long are they? They're five-minute conferences. Okay. Um, and we have 32 slots. Uh, each teacher has 32 slots, okay. 32 or 32 slots a day. Okay. So, back day. so um, for the most part, there's still even, you know, we opened up the window for signups um, 
I believe over a week ago, and as of this morning, we still have, well, we said plenty of time. So, okay. um, if a parent wanted to see all of them, they could. And we all we also communicate with families that, for whatever reason, if the, the teacher you had just didn't fit in the slot or you weren't available, just to reach out to us. Okay. And then I know the elementary school summer R&D was very focused on the math. Um, bringing her up to speed on that. I'm curious about some of the summer R&D that happened in the high school and if anything came out of it that you plan on being able to utilize this year or next year or anything you plan on continuing to study. Yeah, I think Matt might talk a little bit about the cultural responses okay. stuff that is still um, ongoing uh, for us. Um, I was part of uh, R&D that was really focused on some of this work I did for our conferences. Because, okay. You know, it was sort of the first time through it. So we had a faculty committee that worked uh, with us in the spring and into the summer in preparation for these conferences. And, you know, we were looking at everything from uh, determining like how much time should it be, what preparation do our teachers need in advance of these conferences, any, um, you know, words of advice and things that we can give them. So when we returned in the uh, in the fall, or when we spent time in our first two days working with teachers in terms of preparing them for these conferences. Again, I don't anticipate us having to do that every year. It's just, it was the first time right. for us. So. We wanted to make sure that we got the software on the right foot. So the, that was important work for us. Now Christine's getting teachers together for one of the November meetings to present some R&D, too. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Good to know. Um, I had a question, too. One was on the, um, I'd love to hear the eighth and ninth grade teachers, you know, trying to get together and thinking about the transitions. Any kind of examples of key themes or ideas or anything that they're coming No, out? I think what we've... There's only been two meetings, and I think more of it is trying to identify what what gaps are there, what are things that we need to do, some trends that we're seeing from students coming in, how we can smooth that transition. So we haven't reached the point yet where we've implemented anything, but these are going to be ongoing meetings that are going to happen throughout the year. Wait, is it eighth and ninth, or just the ninth grade? Just the ninth grade. It's just the ninth grade. Two. Two ninth. The eighth and ninth grade well, transition, but the meeting is the ninth grade. Right. The teachers who teach ninth grade. No, that's good. It's yeah, awesome. I mean, like today in, in our leadership meeting, and some of the uh, some of the ninth grade teachers were in our leadership meeting. They talked a lot about one of the things we're seeing is this sort of helping students be just more organized. You know, they they come to high school and they're balancing five, six, seven classes and extracurricular that maybe five to six nights a week in terms of a commitment. So there's just a lot more on their plates just from one year to the next. So we talked, we were talking about even the details of like agendas, written agendas versus. You know, it's like Google calendars and what would be the best way to sort of support students to keep them organized. So really just even drilling down to that level so that um, you know, what we're seeing in our students are a little bit overwhelmed when they come up because they've just got a lot going on more so than they've had before and just trying to manage their week. Uh, Flex has been a big help for them, but they are coming into a building not having experienced Flex before. So we're working with them on how to utilize and take advantage of the Flex time that they have throughout the course of the cycle. So. They're getting there, um, but it definitely takes time. And it We've also talked about, you know, making leadership in terms of uh, having a executive functioning course that all freshmen take. You know, just try to get the organizational piece, the homework piece, how to balance it all, to design a course that this it's a requirement everyone takes it in ninth grade and hopefully gets them over the hump. How much, that's something we've talked about too. How much face-to-face uh, -face time, or is it a class? I don't know how we do it. Here. Do ninth graders have with guidance counselors? Like, do they have any time per semester with them? The guidance counselors see everyone at some point. 
um, at one point throughout the semester? Correct, throughout their first year. Um, but oh. they do have collect, so they check in regularly. The guidance counselors go into freshman classes and to advisors. Groups of students. Oh, okay. So you're advisors. And they met with them in eighth point. grade, too. Yeah. So the high school went down eighth grade. And that yeah, was. that's the first sort of introduction. Yeah. We started that a few years ago. So the high school guidance council meets with every eighth grader in the spring of the eighth grade year. Oh, awesome. One to one. Great. So just to kind of build, begin to build that relationship so when they come in the building, it's another person. At least know the face yeah. when, they, when they need help getting organized. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. That was great, too. I know that topic came up from one of the student reps last year. So it's it's also good. It's always. I mean, I've, yeah. It's just it is. It's a transition. It, you know, no pun intended. It just it really is. And there's when students get to this level, there's just so many opportunities for them. Um, and you know, we're just trying to build the supports for them so they can do all the things that they want to do here. Yet still, so they can kind of chip off as well. Yeah. Um, I had one other question uh, for Christian. Which is, um, can you talk a minute or two about the your role on site council? How, how did that come to be? And what, maybe like what a what a meeting has looked like in the past. Um, so last year, I was just Mr. Parker had selected me to join site council. I said okay, and then actually the process that I meet with guidance, and we kind of just go over, you know, let the students that were uh, that they feel would be able to come and contribute. So what I ask the students is to sort of make a senior commitment. So we always have a junior and a senior on site council as well. Last year, Christian was uh, the site council member last year, the junior, and that was extended. Right. Um, so we just meet like about once a month and um, just discuss some things in the school, like some new ideas we might want to implement or other various things going on right then and just um i'm just there to give like a student input on those ideas and yeah just talk about whatever's on the agenda so we have two students uh three teachers and three parents that's good that's good thank you for doing that too cool Nice question. Good luck with it. Yeah, good luck. Thank you. Yeah, good luck. <clears throat> yeah, th yeah, thank you, Christian. And um, I'll, I'll throw it. I'm, I'm guess. Are you, are you staying for? Uh, okay. I'll hold off on the other. Thank you. Thanks, Christian. I mean, it's the third student. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'll, You're talking about the okay, cell phone stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that was um. So there was no secrets. One of the things I just suggested was um, we have a cell phone yeah. survey results on the agenda. We'd we'd love to have you guys here for that. So we we're going to try to bring that forward. Sure. So we weren't saying, hey, no. colors that <laughs> tie. And, hey, yeah. Love your tie now. Please. Love hey. your tie. All good. <laughs> I've heard it all before. So um, still so talking about the hair cutting. Cutting the hair, whatever. You know, all good. Um, so thanks, and Tim, I'm going to take to heart that you have no time limit on us tonight. So I think <laughs> oh gosh, I forgot about that. Have you ever seen that presentation? I, I that was for me. So thank you. No time, no tears. Yeah, all good, all good. Well, I can't promise the tears. Yeah, you know that. Um, but genuinely, thank you uh, for being here for the opportunity. Um, I want to thank the school committee, central offices, our custodian support staff, as Robert said as well. Um, and also, I just want to say it's, it's awesome seeing our former Lakers. Um, it's awesome. So that's, that's great. Um, and also, I just want to, it has been a really nice start to the year. And I would say 
I, I can't speak for all, but definitely most, it's been a smoother start to the year than we've had in the past few years, truly. Um, a lot of what we were really experiencing, students are just manifesting as more school ready. And, and I think just some of the, the custom to being in school, routines of school, um, and we're really seeing that, which is just a really nice transition. Um, and uh, I would say in true reality, a calmer start. If you remember last year, we were dealing with a lot of the devious licks, a lot of behaviors going on that was not unique just to Blake or other schools. But, you know, knock on wood, well, hopefully tomorrow we won't also have a resurgence. But, um, and they are middle schoolers. But, um, but truly, it's been a, a really nice start to the year. And I think that it is true for staff and students. And some families have shared that as well. Um, in some ways, I met with a couple of families today, and they were saying that they're back to them, what they feel like is the routine of chaos of the fall of school that they haven't felt in a few years. Um, so that was great. Um, I also want to thank just our MCPE, PTO, MMA, CPAC, uh, just support, you, you know, some contributions so far already this year. It's just been wonderful for all of us. Um, I do want to just take a couple minutes and really thank our community on a few things. One, um, it's been a couple of years since Kelly has started the full year with us. Um, that's just been wonderful to have um, Kelly Campbell, our assistant principal, has had different medical leaves and that's been wonderful and i'd be remiss the last time i spoke with school committee marsha berkowitz was still on our staff and she's been in a lot of different capacities she's not with us right now but i just want to thank her for really helping us through those transitions um and genuinely um it has been a very emotional few months for our staff with some health needs of our staff and i just want to give a real thank you to our community um and i'll name them publicly uh, jason heim was diagnosed with cancer this summer he and his wife margie both teach at blake He's doing really well, but it's um, and his treatment is going well. But that was definitely a big emotional impact on our community. Um, in addition, our school psychologist Kristen Corcoran um, had a very sudden um, and pretty serious brain bleed this summer, um, and she's on medical leave right now. Um, and she just returned home today, uh, which is good news, but a long road of recovery. Um, and also, I know Robert Yaya, one of our Mandarin teachers, as well. Um, some medical conditions. And I'm naming the ones that we know. There are a lot that are unknown too, but I just want to really testament to our this community of Medfield, which I've always loved. So thank you. Um, just, you know, going through our priority at all times is a safe and supportive learning environment. And Robert talked about Keith getting the schools ready. Um, our custodial staff, Matt Frazier, is the most positive individual I've ever met in our life. Um, loves kids and really works well to make our schools ready to go at all times. Um, and that's been wonderful. Um, Tricia, Megan, student services from a health needs, um, and really adapting, as I said, to a smooth start of the year, um, and our administrative assistants um, working behind the scenes at all times. From an enrollment perspective, we are starting the year with a, about, I think, two more students than we did last year. Um, total number, we have six, 192 and six, 192 and seventh, and 208, and breakdown of 21 new students to Medfield in our middle school. 12 new sixth grade students, one new seventh grade student, and eight new uh, eighth grade students. Um, a couple of students who have returned from private schools within Blake, and then also just moving in the natural additions that we have throughout. Um, and including reconfigurations and reassignments of staff, we have 15 new Blake staff members um, this year, which is pretty typical. Um, safety protocols, always really important. Um, our COVID protocols are still in place, which for some feel a little outdated potentially just thinking like, are those gonna change? And those are followed by DESE and the CDC. Um, facility updates, um, really wanna thank support from 
central office and all of you for helping to fund all the needs in our building. Um, roof work was continued throughout. Um, new carpeting in our counseling office and new flooring in a number of classrooms. HVAC updates. We also had installation of interior cameras at the middle school. Um, and then also I really want to thank both our district and MCPE for our beautiful new auditorium, which was definitely in need of some TLC for a long time. Um, and it's, it's wonderful. That's great. Um, from a support for students, that's our priority. And I would, you know, really think about it. I think, Kristen, you maybe have been alluding to that earlier in the sense of I'm, and you've heard me say this, I'm significantly concerned about the well-being of our students. Um, what, we're, what we're seeing nationally, we are seeing locally. Our statistics reflect that. Um, mental health is significant. We, I, I do really believe that we are having a mental health pandemic of our adolescents. Um, and our, our data is reflecting that too. We will be giving the Metro Adolescent Health Survey and, uh, this year again, it's on a two year cycle. You know, I'm not a doomsday, but I do anticipate it's gonna reflect what we're seeing. Um, and that's important. Um, and I will say that sometimes there's conversations about resilience, is it kids these days? I don't believe so. I think the environment of our world right now is very different than it was. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to be a kid. And it's hard to be an adolescent. And I think we have to always be thinking about that. With that, we've been working a lot with Medfield Outreach and Kathy McDonald partnership with Mary Haas and Kathy McDonald. And that partnership has been really strong and I'm thrilled. It's great that they're on campus with us um, and working both with the high school and the middle school and working together. Um, looking at our supports for students and staff, social thinking curricula, we know that we need to do a much more explicit job in that of teaching um, and taking time. Stacey Burns, our adjustment counselor, is going into advisories excuse me, having cluster meetings, working on some explicit teaching of some of the social emotional learning strategies and looking at that. Um, and really looking at a strengths-based approach versus a deficit-based approach really to a lot of our work with, with kids. Um, with that, I mentioned last year was the first year that we really solidified um, a support program for students who are um, struggling for whatever need and it's our Bridges program. Um, and it has, you know, we, we knew if we established the program that the need would be there and it's there. And it's really helped students who may be returning from hospitalization, may not be school ready, may be having a hard time getting to every class, may need some partial days. Um, and it's a support that's within the school day that is really allows them to have a structure of school that can transition in and out as needed. Um, and it's just been phenomenal. I wanna thank you for supporting that, the financial support of that, uh, which has been excellent. Um, it's an unfortunate program that we need, but, but it's, a it's a necessity. Um, and, and we know we're seeing some of the challenges younger and younger, too. Um, from uh, some structural things that we're really working on that ties to, you know, the strategic plan as well as our school improvement plan, um, our student support team processes, we are, we've updated the referral process, really looking at trying to incorporate, making sure that we're getting feedback from all staff when we're looking at trying to support a student. Typically, if a, ch a student was challenged, was struggling and we referred to the student support team, we get feedback from all their traditional academic teachers. We're making a concerted effort to hear from all their teachers as well, because they really bring a different lens and kind of think, well, is this student really doing really well in their art classes or their wellness classes? What is it there and can that bridge into our other classes too? Um, from goals for the year we have is looking at our cultural learning, really trying to lean on research. Um, and our theme for this year um, is belonging. And I think that, that ties to directly to our, our work that is the priority in our strategic plan. Uh, um, and really thinking about, you know, oftentimes the terms DEI, B is really being much more into that. And that's really important, that sense of belonging. We talk a lot about um, a safe learning environment is critical for all students and staff and families. 
to access learning. Um, and really, one piece too is really thinking about a trite phrase, I think, is to say, oh, you know, will you belong? I can't tell you you belong, though. I want you to feel like you belong. I'm really trying to tap into what is it in our student body. Our student body is more diverse than it's ever been. From an outside lens, Jeff and I talk about this a lot, it doesn't look it on numbers, but it is more diverse. And I would say in a lot of different ways, too, and really thinking about um, kids that don't fit the air quote midfield mold. Um, they don't fit the air quote midfield mold. Um, I love a surround sound for me too. Um, but so, so I think that, and I know that's a critical piece. Um, our mission that we always want to think about too, as we're looking at it, you know, Robert had talked about um, the culturally responsive practices. That's a big piece I'll talk about in a sec. Um, looking at our building curriculum accommodation plan, our advisory team did some R&D this summer, looking about some of that curriculum that would do some explicit teaching. Um, culture of feedback, we are continuing that we've done uh, the interim check-ins of students. So this is the midpoint year of term or in the year of term one. So kids will be taking time to reflect on the advisory, giving us some feedback about how they're doing, really tapping into their own feedback. Um, also informal feedback, the MCAS results just came in. You know, for families, we're looking at that with a very close eye. And also I'll just say echo, take, putting into context as well, knowing that it is a one-time snapshot test, but it is an assessment of our practices. Looking at how our grading practices are reflecting. Do they mirror, do they not? Are we surprised? And also looking from a curricular examination. Are there some curricular adjustments we need to make? Um, an example of that is if, let's say on question seven, we found out that 20% of students in our school got that question wrong. Why is that? Is that a surprise to us? Do we have a curricular issue? Is that like an aggregate issue or is it a micro issue? I'm really looking at that transition that we'll work with our department chairs and our teachers to analyze as well. And then looking at the individual level too. Um, the panorama surveys, uh, taking that into account. And as I said, the MetroWest Adolescent Health Survey, we give it this fall, we won't get the results until next year, but that will be part of it too. Um, and then culturally responsive practices, Robert mentioned, it's been a big work, big piece of work that um, Brenda Hagen, assistant principal at the high school and I have been trying, really working on trying to work six through 12 and also working with um, the elementary principals um, to work on together this summer. The district funded some R&D, a team that had representation of, of two teachers from each building, along with administrators to look at how we can have some solidified practices so that it's not a stilted approach. So that are we doing, are there some things going on at Memorial that we could use at Wheelock or that we could use at Blake and how does that translate some common language for staff as well. Um, and our staff has been very clear about wanting some more professional development. Um, and knowing that that's, you know, as you know, I wish we had 180 days of professional development, <laughs> but um, really looking at, we know that um, Brendan and I would work with Jeff to look at some formal professional development we can do in January and thinking also, can we do some work potentially to do some education work with that project with families as well? Because I think that's a really big thing that we really have to be thinking about. What does that mean? And I firmly believe with a lot of these things, it should not be one-off teaching. It's got to be integrated into every course and to what that looks like. And some courses, I think, may feel like a more natural fit, but a lot of it comes down to relation building and meeting students where they're at. And I know I'm oversimplifying it, but that's a lot of the work we're looking at. Um, and continued partnerships with safe schools um, and really following that we're making sure we're aligned with the DESE mandates. Um, all of this work does align with what our commissioner and our department of ed is saying we need to be doing this work. So we're mandated to do this work. We want to make sure it makes sense. Um, from feedback and reporting, um, from feedback from staff and families, 
We have condensed the seven learning skills down to four that we think are um, more sustainable feedback. That also, I think, will help the transition a lot with the high school, looking at some of the, the skills that we believe are important for them to move forward. Um, and also doing some more concerted work. Eighth grade math has done some really nice work looking at student portfolios and thinking about that way of archiving work, which, you know, looking ahead, I don't think we're there yet to really build them into the conferences, but that's a potential. And thinking about some student-led. Um, as Robert said, um, this, this fall, um, we're starting conferences. We're a week following um, the high school, um, and it's a different structure. Um, knowing just a couple things. One is, um, you know, we do have the cluster model. It's a different model. Um, and our structure, you know, Michelle, I'll answer the question that you might ask. Yes, thank um, you. We are um, doing it in 10-minute increments, okay. um, which reality will mean about a seven-minute conference, um, six to seven-minute conference. Um, and so it does limit the number of, of pieces we have. We have a potential over the two days that are about 32 to 34 slots. That means that not every parent will be able to see every one of their teachers. And there's a limited time frame that we have. What we've done, and we'll see how, it, how it's working out. Um, I can share that our conferences, how they're being signed up for is what I would have predicted um, in the sense of, so we're, we have a cap right now through the software that a family can only sign up for two conferences. And what that is, is there's some frustration, I'll name that, that some people say, oh, I wish I could see all six teachers. We wanted to make sure that every family had at least an opportunity to see at least one of their teachers. Um, there's some joking that some of our teachers are saying, are they going to come and meet with me and ask about how things are going in math? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but I will say what we're seeing from a trend, I'm texting with Jeff earlier today, um, math teachers, almost all their slots are full. Yeah. Um, that's what we would have anticipated. I signed up for first. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, English, pretty close second. And then I would say it's a smattering across the board of the other disciplines. Um, you know, and I would say it's hard to kind of understand what that is. What we'll do is after the first four days, open it up to see whatever slots are remaining, people can sign up. Um, and it's hard to predict the why, to be honest. We're also seeing much more sixth than seventh and eighth. I would have predicted that as well. Just thinking that transition from elementary and hard to know too, fall versus spring. I think we can make some guesses, but hard to know. Um, and we will be taking time so we did some R&D with our staff. We have a template to go. That seven minutes will go quickly, but we're really trying to give them a structure to focus in on, you know, th three things I think about that I, as a parent, I'd want to know, how's my kid doing? Is there anything they should be doing? And how can we partner? And really looking at that, are there some takeaways that we'll be reflecting with that too um, moving forward? So we're really excited about it um, and trying to give a structure, but also allow autonomy for teachers to do it as well, um, looking at that approach. Um, you know, finally, I just want to touch on how important it is, the school culture and giving kids opportunities that we have not been able to the past few years. And last year we were to enhance more experiences for kids. Middle school is a time for kids to have real hands-on experiences. They need it, they need to move their bodies and have connections outside of the classroom. Um, so we're thrilled. The Hale field trip went really well. Um, and it's the first time we've done it. Um, and very, very positive. I will say seventh grade kids are like, what about us? So we actually are looking to see this would be a one time, one year for the seventh grade. This spring potentially bringing them to Hale. And it will be an annual sixth grade field trip, but knowing that's that class missed out on it. And it made sense why, but giving them an experience as well. Um, and I'll just shout out to Hale Reservation. They're amazing, accommodating for all of our students. And it's been great to give a nature's classroom type experience but during the school day in close and proximity. Um, kids really raved about it. And I'll say 
the Hale team sent us an email saying, your kids make us look good. Um, so it was a nice compliment about our kids, which we hear a lot when we bring our students places. Um, some things coming up, I'm, one of my, my favorite, I know one of Jeff's favorite is we'll be continuing our tradition with for Veterans Day of having local veterans come um, and present to our sixth grade students and then having a luncheon with some of our sixth grade students, which is just so important. Um, theater is in full effect. It's a healthy program. Uh, shout out to Tracy Allen. Um, so those productions are coming up. Um, intramurals and we are happening. I will say our kids, as we know, are pretty involved. Um, we offer intramurals. We don't always get signups. I mean, kids are involved outside in a lot of different things. It doesn't mean, so we do offer sometimes they don't have signups um, and that's just a reality. And I think that has been fewer involvement that we find than we used to. And I think that's just the reality of where kids are more involved outside of school than they were before. You know, whatever those activities might be. Uh, but we wanna make sure we are providing because not every student has that those options or wants those options as well. Um, and then interscholastic sports as well. Um, and then student council is happening. Jillian Shaw is open to all students every week. Um, Blake, Blake Pride Alliance is meeting. And then Matt Morangi is working on, we had a Blake Battle Bias and ADL club before. Um, and this year, one of his goals is to work on a multicultural awareness club that we're really working on trying to tap into kids. What we find a challenge with middle schoolers is they're middle schoolers. So their attendance might be one week and then not show up for three weeks. So it's hard to have like a cohesive club, but we also want to recognize that's where middle schoolers are and give them some exposure. Um, and then other things we know we'll do hour of code and then school spirit and culture is important to us. Um, with that, um, you know, as with, with the site council, I'm thrilled that Orla is here. So um, Orla Berry is our science department chair um, and she has been um, a steadfast member of site council, which is wonderful. So I've asked her to share a few things. I'll just say before she shares, um, a few things that we're looking at as a site council is throughout this year, aligning our school improvement plan with the strategic plan. So part of that is knowing that it was just adopted school improvement plan. We're building off what we had, but we wanna make sure it aligns to this. So it'll be more connecting probably realistically formally to, to year two of the strategic plan. And that's something we've been working on. Um, and you know, thinking about relevant learning experiences for students is something I really wanna work with our families about on-site council and thinking about how can we engage families, um, which is a challenge. Everyone's so busy. Um, and then from a global picture, Jeff and I have talked about that I think our master schedule needs a healthy look. Um, we've had the, the structure of our master schedule for a long time. Kids' needs have changed. And it's a complex piece. It would probably be a two-year process, but that's something we're looking at, of how we can better meet the needs of our kids, give supports. Um, I personally would love to have a six-period day rather than a seven-period day. I think it's a, a lot quick. Um, that goes along the short periods. I think that from a teaching perspective, most teachers would want that. Master scheduling is hard, but it's always trade-offs. So that's what we're trying to look at. Orla, you're up for sharing. I'm sorry, I'm asking if she's up. I know she happens. Thank you. And I am Orla Berry, um, Vice Department Chair. That's you. Um, so I have been on site council, and she was when Nat asked me um, to come tonight. I looked in our notes doc, and I've been on site council since, since 2015. Who knew? Um, I didn't know it was that long. And um, so why am I on site council? Um, I actually say the, pretty much the same thing every year when that asks that question um, on the first meeting. And for me, it's just, I'm older. And so I don't necessarily have children that age. And it's, it's a really nice way to meet parents of younger children. Especially, I find it especially interesting to meet um, parents who this is their first time 
into the secondary level. Um, first time parents always have sort of a unique perspective. They ask great questions, um, you know, and you get to hear their thoughts, concerns, and all the rest of it along the way. Um, I enjoy that because it also gives me a sense of trends that might be changing in terms of what parents are thinking, what they think is important. And um, so it's nice to get sort of a heads up um, in terms of what's coming um, forward into the high school as well. And um, so as that said, we're hopefully going to be working on the national schedule, um, updating school improvement plan, because obviously it will align um, with the new strategic plan. And then um, personally, or sort of locally, not personally, uh, more locally within the department, um, we're looking at sort of in, you know, ensuring that our experiences for our students are really, really relevant. So right now we're looking at making some modifications in the um, science exploration program in seventh grade and the intro to engineering program in eighth grade. And um, so that sort of ties in with, in general, this side council view of how we can expand learning opportunities for our students. Are you going to keep the trout? Oh, the trout. Okay. Oh, yes, the trout. Actually, what we're doing is essentially expanding the oh, good. trout and doing more with the trout. So yeah, the trout are going there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say that was not be happy? Retired and all. Yeah, I think we might see Yeah. I don't know if there are any questions. I have I have one. Okay, I'm just gonna wait and see if there's any. No. I do have a I have a couple and I sorry about the bad feedback. Um, I have a poor sound set up here at home, and so I apologize. Uh, uh, Nat, uh, can you tell me a little bit? I'll, I'll get all my questions out so that I can shut shut off. You know, my a my sickness and uh, this odd way of communicating. So first off, could you give us an example of the student portfolios? Because I'm really passionate about the portfolio side. Um, could you? Uh, is there a possibility of giving back some of the analytics about the conferences after the fact? Like you know, um, you know how you know how many went to which. You know, you, you seem like you already dialed in on the uh, which subject areas are being heavily hit, uh, and could that be remedied by a stronger homeschool connection uh, through perhaps another platform of some sort? Um, and then, uh, is there a possibility of a survey about outside activities? Uh, you know, you, you do often into the intramurals, and they're great. Um, but there was a, you know, even my own middle schooler, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, he was a little, you know, he didn't really want to participate this year. And I was, I was curious, well, why he's not doing other things. I didn't know if there was something, you know, another lens we could put on that. So, but I, those are the three questions I had. And I will be quiet. Sure. So, uh, in order, uh, student portfolio. So, the example that I mentioned earlier with math is really using, um, the Google suite and the Google platform and what um, the eighth grade math teachers have been working on. I know other disciplines have, but I would say they're further along in formalizing it is using Google Slides as a way of really capturing and then having a Google folder where one piece of real goal that we're working on with aligns with the state frameworks and I would say nationally with math and internationally is bringing more visuals into the math. Um, math is no longer taught nor should it be just in rote ways and really tapping into all students' needs and really making uh, a lot of animation slides for how the kids are teaching so that they are also using that. So it's archiving their work and then tying into some of the feedback they get, they are doing through their assessments 
can be tied into those slides as well. Um, it's something too that, you know, I, I'm just saying this now, if there was a time, um, would love to have some students and teachers share, you know, and maybe this would be a forum to kind of share some things that we're thinking. I would, about. I would be interested in saying that because I, I, it's what I gravitate to a, uh, an artifact or something that to move forward. And that, I, that is probably the, that's probably the last subject area I would go to. Uh, so that's why I got, yeah, I would love to see some sort of examples of something in a portfolio factor because portfolios are, you know, something that students bring with them moving forward so they can reflect on that, uh, on their thinking and their thinking made visible that they can reflect on and build on as they move through academia, even beyond that field is a big deal. So, yeah, I'd love to explore that more just to understand it better. For sure. sure. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, from the analytics, you're right. I think um, from both a piece of, you know, we'll have, it's clear to get that data where it is. You know, I I agree about the ideas of how can we remedy what that need is. My gut response is, and this is I think has been true for a long time. The number one concern of most parents is math, and and I would say also the reality too is what are the two subject areas that are consistently in CAS tests, math and English. Those are the roads. I will also say a lot of math now is reading comprehension. And that ties in with English language arts, but absolutely I'm happy to share what that breakdown is. And then as far as the outside activities, that's something that we're constantly working on. One of the interim check-ins, we always question to ask of kids is, what activities would you like to be a part of? Um, and what can we offer? So trying to meet those different needs. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Thank you that very much. No worries. Yeah, I would just add, uh... I think we mentioned it, but we split up like the PTO is my school and I, I get the pleasure of working with the uh, middle school and the PTO, if anyone has any ideas or kids have needs, yeah. they are working to like what other intramurals, what do our kids want? How can we get middle school kids to show up things without, uh, without just having free pizza there? But yeah. they're, they're working hard um, to try and find more events to, to build our school community. And we know, I mean, the reality is it is. And, and we adore them. We love working with them. It's different living with middle schoolers than it is working with them. I'll say that having had three. But um, the reality is, too, it's a balance, too, because families want to help support, but their kids really don't want their parents around. And that's very age appropriate. So what does that look like? It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a hard balance. And sometimes over-involvement is good because it provides structure. But it's trying to ha how to meet those needs, too. Um, but it's definitely something we're working on. And I would just echo that. PTO has been wonderful about trying to partner. I had um, two follow-ups. One staying on the survey and outside activities. One interesting one, you, and you don't have to answer it. It's kind of like, what are the activities that are preventing them? Yeah, you know that's 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 an interesting one, and it, it, that might be one where even the panorama yeah. survey results, because it would be kind of interesting to say what are the students saying yeah. versus what are the parents saying, and somebody's so going to always add questions to that. So we're looking at doing that in February this year, so we could add questions to that um, that look at outside activity to see if there's any impediments for participating during the school day. Yeah, and it's it's a different way. It's not so much what do you want. You, when you say why why don't you, it's going to be time. Yeah. Right. Commitments. Right. And you say great. You're absolutely right. What are what are what are you, you know, yeah. what's taking up that? That's right. And is it something, you know, like it is I'd be curious too. And, and I also I, I'm I'm remiss also I meant to mention earlier, the late bus has been great. Because that has been sometimes an inhibitor for, for, for students. So we do have the late bus. Yes, it's a little bit later because of the busing reality. 
That said, it's nice that that's no longer a piece that we couldn't have, that we do provide for some kids that are staying after. Supervision can be a challenge, <clears throat> just reality. Um, but but the, having the late bus has been wonderful, and I really appreciate that fact that it's there. It may not every day, but for those that need it, they need it. Um, so that's been great. Uh, the only other one, too, yeah. um, you said more staff is asking for more professional development. In, in what areas do you hear? I would say truly, um, well, the two that come to mind right away, one is around culturally responsive practices, saying, I, I, I believe, and I can't speak for all, but pretty close to saying that, I think the belief system and understanding of the why is there. Absolutely. Really understanding and meeting kids, but okay, how do I do that? Is it the execution? Absolutely. And how do I reality do that? The theory sounds wonderful. And that's true of a lot of these initiatives. Okay, I'm in. I get it. Our students are different. We need to tap into them and they're more diverse. And we also have, you know, a lot of diverse learning. We know a lot more now. I think that's the other piece. It's not that our students have changed necessarily, but we know more that our assessment, our assessment, our practices, how we're instructing was not meeting the needs of all kids. And now we know more about the brain. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. How do we do that? A good practical example, because we had Sarah Ward come and do professional development around executive functioning for our staff. She was able to give strategies that teachers could implement that next day. And I think that's where our teachers are at, is like the in-the-moment strategy to say, okay, that sounds great. I got to adapt my curriculum over the next three months. But what can I do tomorrow? What's a strategy of how I greet kids? What's a strategy that when I'm asking a question, what's a more way that may represent all kids where they're coming from? And I think that's the kind of real concrete strategy tying with that tent that I think ties into it, in addition to culturally responsive practices is differentiating for different needs of different learners. We do have heterogeneous classes at middle school, which I will, at the end of the day, say is the right thing. I also know it's hard. You know, we don't want to pigeonhole kids in to say, these are the kids that should be in this high level class when they're 12 years old. Because although we say they're not tracked, it's hard not to be in that trajectory. And that's something that's a reality that we know we have to give more concrete strategies for teachers. So, and again, the belief system's there. I think that's a constant piece too. And, and you know, sometimes just how do we address and meet kids with their, their behaviors, you know, and really understand that this may be their profile. But, and we can't just say, you know what, you're out of class. <laughs> um, like send them out to the hall. That's not gonna happen. What can we do to help strategize? And are there structures we can put in place that can maybe minimize that going on? As you know, I could talk all day. That's um, it's a great update. I mean, I'm not sure if there's anything else. I appreciate it. Welcome, Molly. This is the I'm all fun part of the <laughs> meeting still. Sorry. No, thank you. All right. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thanks, you bet. Thanks so much. Great, great cool. feedback. Thank you, Nat. And yeah, I think we were gonna, um, just based on having you, you folks here, and again, everyone's welcome to stay, <laughs> especially Robert, it's cool here. But um, yeah, we're gonna move the cell phone usage, um, faculty and student feedback up in the agenda while, while you guys are here. So somebody just go over, go over some of the data? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I started looking at it. But yeah, look at so as we talked about our last meeting, I mentioned that I would gather some information um, for both staff and for students on the cell phone usage for this year and just trying to get a sense of where people are at and what the, the managing of cell phones, how it's impacted students, uh, how it's impacted teaching, et cetera. So we'll start with the staff one. 
Um, I obviously asked what department they were in just to kind of get a sense of if it was working better in some departments versus others. But I think the, the meat of it is the questions that follow that. Um, what is your practice of managing all cell phones, managing cell phones? And you see that 86%, almost 87% of our teachers uh, have adopted the cell phone caddy that Robert had mentioned in his, um, his remarks. Uh, and then 18.3% of their 11 teachers had uh, students put them away in bags. And then there's only five teachers that said students were allowed to use. And we have a lot of single seven singletons in there that have different uh, methods, but many of them fall into the, one of the top three. They just clarified a little bit. So that was really good to see that, you know, we have lots of teachers that are um, trying out what, what they had talked about last year as a staff and implementing them and getting a sense of how it works or not. Um, the next question was, do, do you feel your approach to cell phone management is effective? Um, you'll see that 83% of teachers said yes, 16% um, said, said no. Uh, again, that's a pretty high uh, number of teachers that feel their their management of, of cell phones is effective. Uh, I think if we had done this a couple of years ago, you wouldn't have come even close to that number. So that that's really good. And then we talked about uh, in this group how some folks um, use this part of their curriculum in, in class. We want to get a sense of what that would look like. So again, with 60 responses, um, how often do your students use cell phones as part of your curriculum? Um, only seven teachers said daily, five teachers said weekly. Uh, 26 teachers uh, a few times a month and 24 teachers or 40% said never. So that gave us a really good snapshot of whether or not that's an issue or not to be uh, something we should talk about. And then ask them to just write anything else that they thought would uh, be helpful, to, you know, as we as we go through this, this topic and any other feedback that didn't or wasn't covered in uh, the survey. So I just, you know, there's a few of them in there, but I, I see some of the themes that came out if you would code some of this data um, I started using the caddy this year. I love it. Um, we've gone to this method with the caddy this school year in the classroom environment in CAPS is so much better. Um, use of the caddy for the whole department has been a game changer. Cell phone caddies have been game changers in the classroom. So I think people are fairly positive of how it's working. Um, and again, this is from the teacher point of view because as you saw from the data, kids not so much. They don't love that. They don't love it at all. So. Um, you know, you, you can see all the information here. I think it was really good to get this. Leo? Leo? Sorry, I was, I was chuckling. Okay. Again, so what I'm getting, I agree with you, Jeff. I think what I'm getting from the data is that the caddy helps assists in some of the management mm -hmm. for teachers. Uh, and that's why I expected. I think, I don't think that, yeah, school committee needs to, you know, deliver an edict about cell phones. I think it's just about supporting uh, the policies and teachers uh, in the management. So I think that's what uh, I think that's what we're looks like that's what we're accomplishing. Unless you disagree. No, I mean, I can go through some of the other information too before we have a conversation or you want to talk about it now, whatever you'd like to maybe you'd like to do, Tim. Um, no, actually, yeah, keep going. Okay. That's kind of because I, I think it might be worthwhile to get the students and the teachers <laughs> sure. the, the comprehensive. I apologize. I can't. I'm having difficulty reading the room, but that's on me. I apologize. Okay. Um, for my short time here, I think MHS has a, a good job balancing student phone use with expectation they should put it away or in a caddy during instructional time, unless it's used for instruction. So there's, there's lots of really good feedback in there from teachers and their perspective. Again, folks that are using it day to day in the trenches and what they what they think is going on. Um, when you look at the student one, we had 275 responses from the students, um, with a majority of those 104 being seniors, uh, and they've they've got some really good 
some really good feedback and some good points, especially seniors who are uh, in many cases 18 years old and say we're going to college next year. We have to put our phone in the caddy point. Fair point. Um, so what grade do you win? 275 responses, um, 57 ninth grade, 53 10th grade, 66 11th, 104 12th. Have you noticed a difference with the management and cell phones this year? 76% um, or 209 said yes, 22, 26 said no, and then we had 48 students that did not attend Medfield High School last year. So either students that were in eighth grade last year or folks that moved in. Um, how many of your classes do teachers collect phones or ask you to put them away? Uh, majority there was either five or six or all. You'll see 120 kids said five or six classes and 103 said all. So when you add those together, you know, it's over 75%, over 70% of our students um, feel like that happens in their classroom. Um, do you do you feel not having a cell phone in class allows you to focus more on your schoolwork? 73.7%, no. 26.3, uh, yes. It's actually interesting that 26% held up their hand and said, I, I, I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, I think that if it's 20, 26%, that means it's working, right? I think it, you can make that inference that if kids feel that way, it was a lot higher than I thought. I thought we might get five to 10% of kids saying that, but it was a little bit higher. Um, and I just think that, you know, they, they were really thoughtful in some of their responses. Um, you know, you have some that kind of no, no feedback, but uh, I, I think a lot of it that you see um, mirrors what you see in the news about people, about parents, especially in students that don't want their cell phones taken away. And again, this is something where you see in the news where some districts are locking up the cell phones and kids have to have, they have to put it by a device to unlock it. This isn't what we're doing, right? Kids still, they walk out of the classroom, they have their cell phone with them in the hallway. They just put it in the caddy when they walk in. So it's, nothing's locked away so the kids can always access, access it as they need to. But you start, you start to see some of the concerns that we see in the media and, and that folks have where in case of an emergency, you know, I can't, I can't have my, I don't have my phone on me right away. Um, my parents want to reach out to me. They can't during class. They don't get it to the end of class. So those kinds of things I think are, are real life. That's, that's the world we live in right now. Um, I, I do think that you see a lot of the seniors say things like, this is great for freshmen and sophomore, but if you haven't figured it out as an upperclassman, then then you need to, it's on you. You know, there's some, there's some uh, natural consequences responses in here where if you're not paying attention, it's on you, you know, as, as a 17 or 18 year old kid, which I thought was interesting from them. Uh, you know, we do, these are kids that drive to school every day and they, they have a lot of responsibility uh, and they have their phones on them when they're driving, yet they're, we're taking them away from them in the classroom. So fair point from our students. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to read all the data, but there's a lot of feedback. I think out of the 270, maybe 100, 106 maybe provided written feedback. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Something like that. So I thought there were really some really good responses. Yeah, what do you think, Molly? Thoughtful. Since we have Molly, you're, you're <laughs> senior, yeah, I know, right? I'm a senior. I'm so a like, senior. it must be a, like, there's a lot of like, I'm 18, and yeah. it must be a shot after yeah. like three years of being here to now have it. So do you have any feedback for you or your friends and like what it's like? I think it's definitely been a lot better, like, like, in like, realistically, like, in class, not having them. 
but there are I heard you say that like we're allowed to have them in the hallway mm -hmm. that's like not always true like some teachers do make you leave them in class mm -hmm. so if like maybe we could like reinforce the fact that like we can't have them in the hallway because that is actually a lot of people's main concern which is kind of sad but if something were to happen and you were alone like that's really scary so I know that that's a big concern for some people there was a lot on in bathrooms too because you use that cycle yeah. with your phone so most people some teachers let you bring it with them like bring it with you to the bathroom but some make you leave it like on the table but um overall like i feel like we all like it's like i understand why they're making us put it in the caddy but at the same time like when we're going in the hallway or something but also i feel like it is different between grades like if you're an upperclassman and you really haven't figured it out like i don't know i just kind of on you yeah interesting feedback like it just makes people want to use their phones more so they'll go for long walks in school you know They'll go to the yeah. bathroom and they'll just kind of walk around and use their phone according to this student. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 18, I don't need someone controlling my phone. So kind of that's a theme that comes out, especially with, you know, kids your age. Yeah. That are, you know, they've had phones for a long time and they drive a car to school, but they don't have a phone on them. So great feedback. I think it was definitely worthwhile gathering all this data to see. I don't think the results were super surprising in terms of the difference between teachers and, and students, but good data to have. I think it's interesting. So this is the first time we're doing something like this, right? So mm -hmm. the freshman experience is going to be very different than your senior experience. I think if we surveyed the students next year, it would be interesting to see if the freshmen who only know right. caddies right. would be as resistant as sophomores than maybe some of the, you know, the sophomores or the juniors are right now. Um, yeah. So when I was reading that. I, 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 oh, sorry, Michelle. No, you're okay. Go ahead. Um, I was wondering if maybe we surveyed them in springtime as well. I wonder what the feedback might be. Uh, yeah, the, the things I would say, because I was, you know, in a classroom for a long time and dealing with this, um, I'm like, there's a lot of the bathroom stuff. Like, I sh and, and I'm just not here for that. <laughs> like, the cell phone turns the bathroom from five minutes to 20 minutes. Yeah. And it does if you're an adult or a kid, and yeah. of course, if you're a kid. So, like, right. reading the kids' stuff. I appreciate the kids participating, um, but being in a high school for 10 years, there was a, there was a lot of stuff in there that, uh, you know, they're not mature enough yet to make this decision. And I'll, I'll just say it like that. Um, and I did want to point out, there were two teacher comments on here that I just want to point out and uh, just, and you're still here, Rob, but the, you know, there's one that said, since different classes with different rules, the inconsistency is confusing to students and makes having strict cell phone rules harder to enforce. Um, so the caddies are there, but it's like the teacher's option to use it. And I know that's hard. Um, and I know that's confusing to kids. Like, so I just, I, I don't have an answer, but I just want to know, you know, those 16% of teachers, it's, it's still a large percentage. that's still like trying to figure this out. And it's hard. Like, like we've, we've mentioned a couple of things already, the transition from eighth to ninth is hard, but I just want to kind of name that. And then um, one that said, I'd prefer a no cell phone policy across the board that comes from the top. Cause that's where I think this conversation started. Like what can we do sitting here to help our administrators and really our teachers? Um, so there, there was some stuff on the other side that I wanted sure. to, you know, just yeah, bring up sure. there that it's a struggle. There's no easy way. Um, but I think the data, I don't know how to say this to a bunch of kids that I don't know, but I appreciate all the feedback and all that, but of the 170 written responses, a lot of them were like, I feel like I should be able to use it when I go to the bathroom. And like, that's the problem <laughs> that turns the bathroom into the bathroom to 20 minutes and finding your friends and all that. Um, 
So I, I don't know. I, I, like, I appreciate the student feedback, but a lot of it was reading some of it. You're like, this is what an addict would say. <laughs> That's someone who's addicted to these phones. Um, but anyway, so I think it's awesome. I think uh, 26 kids, I, I think a lot of other kids uh, probably haven't admitted or realized. So we got 26 to say like, yes, this is way better. I'm not tempted by my phone. And there are more out there that aren't saying it. So I, I applaud you for the effort. And who was that? Is that PTA money or someone that got the caddies? Yeah, how, did, how are the caddies funded? How did we fund them? Okay. Yeah. The high, okay, well, okay. I applaud you for it. And I think we're trending in the, in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, and just anything we can do to help, let us know. Yeah, even before I had a couple of questions on the data, but uh, Robert, if you can speak to, um, I'm impressed that we have everybody agreeing to use them. Like, or, or you know, that, that sounds like was new compared to last year. I know, I know they, some chose to, but how is that process, you know, working with your staff and what degree is this? I think the number, which I think is pretty accurate, um, something like that, it's just years that are using them. The, the others that aren't are like Orla, they, they use them right you know, there. I think there's a few that they don't use them, it's not an issue, it's fine. Uh, or a lot of the other classes out there that don't use them at all. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, people buy it. Yeah, I was actually the survey results too. I, I thought the staff were more favorable than I expected, which which was I think was positive, and, and the students were more negative. I guess I should. Have. Uh, <laughs> that's the just point. I'd be done two years ago. Didn't have people. Staff results. Yeah, you could see in the comments some of the students. You know, maybe it's hey, let's make sure we're really they know how we feel, <laughs> which which I'll give them, seniors. give them credit for, for intelligence. Um, no, I, I um, I'm not sure. Actually, other comments on it? No, I think just uh, you know, as you said, that the, where this stemmed was whether or not we felt that there was anything at a school committee level that needed to be done. And I think the at least what I'm hearing is between what's already documented in our policies coupled with the actions that are being taken at the at the school level there is no additional action being asked of the school committee at this time as it relates to this topic is that fair yeah i mean i think the school committee um we, this came up uh, for those that weren't there as part of the workshop and i think the school committee was asking for some you know some research and and to be honest there's different schools of thought on it, but I, I think the best positive, best possible outcome is um, something along these lines. I mean, this this is a, I think the survey is is fantastic. I, it's something I think would be really valuable each year if it doesn't take too much time. And um, yeah, I wish you could almost mine the comments. I'm sure Leo, between us, you could you know to to, to be able to synthesize and say, hey, what are they what are they really? You, you can read them. Um, but that would be that just harder for comparison. But I, I think it's it's great information, and it's it's consistent too with a lot of that research. The students, I think, it takes them a little while to say this is better. Mm -hmm. It just it's natural. 
Uh, Nat, are, are you, you know, how is it in the middle school? Like when my oldest was, you know, it was kind of like going from the middle school where it was incredibly contained, you know, at the time due to lockers, which I know is, you know, you may not see too. And Robert, please don't take it incorrectly. The, what, you know, could, could be called the wild, wild west, meaning like there just was, they didn't have the rule, right? And the consistency. So don't, I don't, that's just a term I use, I hear sometimes around governance. Um, is it still as contained? Yeah. I mean, and I, so I would say from a policy perspective, we'll put it up, I talked about the reality of the rules wouldn't change. Our rules are, kids should not be on their own. And, and they're, they should not be at all times. Are there kids that are sneaking texting during the day? Oh, but that's not the expectation. And the rules are, kids do not need their phones during the school day at all. They shouldn't be out. Um, the locker piece, kids have the option of using their lockers or not. And that was a change that happened with the pandemic. That when we had the kids weren't using it for safety and proximity. And yeah, different teachers still have different views on that. Some wish the kids use the lockers. For some kids, it's a lot easier to scare their bag around because it's in their bag. Whereas before, it's in the locker, you know, and then trying to find it. So sixth grade is starting off using lockers. But as far as the phones, we basically said it should be in your bag or locked in your locker. Are some kids have it on their person? They might. We're not checking their person. We shouldn't be seeing it. So if a kid has their phone out, what we say to kids, if you need to text your parent, if you need to do that, ask an adult for permission. And that's okay. And I think that's a healthy way to kind of teach kids. Also, they can use one of the phones at school. Uh, we also recognize, and I would be lying if I hadn't done the same thing, my own children, parents text their kids during the school day. They do. We can't stop that. We can ask them not to, but also some parents might be texting them, thinking they'll get the text right at 210 when school's out. That's just a reality that has changed and that we know. But we tell parents, if you need to get in touch with your kid, you should be calling the school. We can get that message. Um, we've also, to the same point about some of these rules are only as good as the least enforced classroom. Because that does start to, you know, this is what we the high school staff too. It can be a frustration point if one teacher is allowing kids to use their phone for the last five minutes of class and the other teachers are not. Or learning advisory. We manage this with iPads, gaming, uh, Chromebooks, allowing them to use games the rules work. You know, I love our staff, but I also know there's some autonomy that happens. That's a big piece that we talk a lot with our staff. We need to kind of talk to each other about that consistency. So I think we've also been much more concerned with expectations from the get-go day one saying we should not be seeing any of the airbuds in, in, in the hallway. A lot of kids try to sneak them in, listen to their music, travel, they don't need it. They don't need one piece that we've run into with kids is some teachers will say it's okay to listen to their music while you're doing this. You can listen to music through the phone. You don't need your phone. And that's a reality. Is knowing that that's so I would say Tim, I, I think our staff is not new. We had more issues, I would say, last year than we did this year. And part of that is we've been much more direct from day one in saying to teachers we need to be very consistent on this. But that exceptions to these rules, overnight these teachers kids have their home during the, the day to use it. That's a different piece, that's really safety. Uh, things like that. But on our day-to-day -day field trips, they don't. 
Robert, I apologize for the wild, wild west. It was, it was really said for effect. Was... Yeah, you know, the reality is we did have what we have in our hands with it. That point, some of what we have in our hands are working with this. So I didn't think we just made it for the now. And the reality is we've just seen nothing. This room. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I'm just saying with anything, you know, they're they're teenagers. Yeah. Resourceful so teen they're they're resourceful teenagers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> One thing I will add to the something that we talked about a lot about with our staff too is we have to be mindful about how we're using our phones as well during the day. And yeah. that is something that has changed over the last four years of texting each other during the day. We have to be mindful. And there are reasons. There are times I'm in the middle of class, my phone rings. Definitely call me. I'm in the middle of class. I just need to, we have to work on the model and say, you know what? This is what's going on. This is why I'm using my phone. That's when we talk about during staff meetings and team meetings and department chair meetings. We are much more accessible than we used to be. So those are norms for the adults to be working as well. So it's the constant thing. And kids will, will call, they're the first to call us that. <laughs> sure, they are. No, it's that's great. I, I would I was gonna say, and and that uh, Robert, when we did that through SEL, I remember that was almost a two year. The enforcement was probably the biggest thing. That I think it, it was appropriate. That it also wasn't as wide widespread, and but that was like 
that was the bigger ask and you're just looking at the survey it seems like that's so, such a critical element is Okay, I think we'll go back to new business and the um, FY25 budget calendar. So in your materials, you have the, um, the draft calendar that, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, the draft calendar that uh, Michael has put together uh, with the dates and the actions that are in there. Uh, we did change the date a little bit because of the Warren Committee moving up their process a little bit. Um, but happy to answer any questions or Michael answer any questions about it. And uh, again, it's draft form. So if you want to do any updates or changes, we can absolutely do that. Um, so, so two things, do we, um, I did, we didn't do this last meeting, but I think we said we have to officially vote. So even though I'm technically the financial secretary, we have to vote to make me the person working on the budget process. Is that, did I miss? I think that's a, necessary step or no we just say it so i think you guys have always voted a budget liaison okay the last few years so wherever wherever you folks want to do that okay do you want to do that today <coughs> yes thank you um hold on i was gonna ask another question too um overall the uh i'm trying to let me let me focus on that hold on Old is recovering. Um, the liaison, we do. We, um, for a little while, at one point, we had two folks joining uh, meetings um, for a while. So then we had liaison. I think it became natural as the finance individual, the person over finance. Right. That makes sense. Was also called in. And I think... Um, then um so yeah and, and i i forget whether we voted or not I, I we did it was an official agenda item but we didn't end up doing it until later in the process 
Yeah. It's when we started to meet more with the warrant committee to look at specifically what the budget was that we had in front of us and meeting with them to understand where the changes were going to be need to be made. If it's understood that Kristen's going to do that, she can just be a part of it. And I would, I prefer that you guys would vote if it's on the agenda and say November, more right. November meetings, you know, just so it's explicitly there. But if you can have consensus that she will do that, then if we have anything between now and November, then we would include Kristen in that. But uh, yeah, because I, I, I think there's to opportunities it. to to be in earlier conversations. Right. I, I, would, I would prefer if, if you know, based on you know past occurrences of things that have been voted on that aren't listed on the agenda. Correct. Uh, that we put it on the agenda in November and then vote it. So, so we, yeah, yeah, I would. I don't. Uh, tell. If, yeah, if it's not on the agenda, I get the list thinking. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan yeah. of. At the same time, Christian, you feel free to you know attend those meetings. I mean, you're you right to. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, um, I feel the same way. I, I'm just not, I'm not a big advocate of adding a and Actually, any of us have every right to, you know, as community members and members of the school committee. So it's, I, it's, I think it's formality, but yeah, but we should not vote it unless it's on the agenda, really. No, I was almost under the assumption, um, I think I noticed it a little while ago, but that, yeah, whoever's sitting in it, I think the only time there, you may think, we may think about it, um, and I, I'm always thinking about long-term process and sustainability is if some, if we vote in a new um, finance officer, secretary in March or April, and we, we just, they, that may not, they may not be the liaison because that's right when we're at the end. Right. Before time, right? right. So, so that, that's why I think that there's a little bit of the experience that the former secretary has that keeps us out there. As far as a vote, um, yeah, I, I, I would just rather hold. Yeah. I think November second. Yeah, what, what is the what is the purpose of voting a liaison? We just just to fight one. I mean, yeah, that's I. I, the, I, I don't know. There's no voting. There's no voting capacity. You know, Margaret. There's no. You know, like I said, I'm not sure if it's a. Yeah, I think it's a I'm not sure if it's even necessary. I mean, if. Maybe we should probably look back to see what we voted in the past on. If you guys voted in the past on, yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm so I'm one. I'm receptive to voting on it on in November. If we don't have to, I'd rather not. Right. The only reason I would is if uh, you know all of us were buying that be that individual, then you would vote, right? Yeah. So that you know for the right reasons. I think we should but, look at what the process. Was. Um. But yeah, to yeah. me, it's it's. I would, uh, Kristen. I would assume that's that that's the expectation that that you're part of it, um, provided you're willing. And uh, why don't we just we'll check on the agenda for the next meeting. Okay. Assume you know if we need to vote, we can vote on it. Right. Uh, but again, I, I agree with Leo. Brings up actually something that will be reinforced on goals too. But uh, if we don't have to vote, that's not. What are all, what are all the roles of a financial liaison? Is this for like the community? So Kristen's like the point person on this, or is it because anyone can attend the meetings, right? So what is the... so it's when if, if Michael and I are meeting with the liaison from Warren Committee or the chair of the Warren Committee, and we have meetings on that, then Kristen would attend those meetings. Okay. And have and be your liaison there for those, those conversations. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then report. And that's the finance. And that's the finance person. I mean, she would expect to be there anyway. Right. So I, I think that's yeah. But if we want to make it official to vote, it's fine. I just, I, I think we're, yeah, we're just small cozy group. We encourage you guys to just do what you've done in the past. Uh, so just that's look just one person. She's not finance person for the to report back to the school committee, and so I think that's completely fine. 
I mean, it took that, had that expectation that Jeff had his question to go to as that point person. Yeah, no, in my recollection, more than anything else, just like, um, you know, whoever's on SBC during the meetings, we ask what's going on. Yeah, As budget right. gets a little well, hotter, yeah, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, so for sure. So Kristen is that person. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just want to check because there was a couple points in the public comment that I. So would you, would you folks be willing to vote on this draft as is, or oh the draft for the um, for the budget calendar? Yeah, one and one sec. Yeah, we hit on the liaison, and then I think. The yeah, the only other question before voting on the um, draft was the eleventh and the twenty fifth. Yeah, I think that what we we talked about in the workshop about holding the public hearing earlier. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, January eleventh. I got it. Okay. We have a do we have a meeting that night? Is that why that's on? I don't have that on my calendar. The school committee. Just says committee. School committee to continues to review. Continues to review so that's not that's a, a meeting night. Yeah. It is a meeting, a meeting night? night. Yeah. Okay. I must have missed that one. So I, I think I, I think the only the debate um, was because we talked about it, and I think Kristen, you of oh, January eighth is the name. It's January eighth. There it is. Yeah, I see January it. 8th. Yep. Okay. So I think I guess the topic was: Do you hold the public hearing earlier in the year, meaning earlier in the month of January? You vote later in the month of January, and I think the downside is the budgeting cycle. So is the budgeting cycle in a good place that you can actually? Well, if it's being prepared that. for I the school, if, if it's being prepared for Sorry. the school committee to to be reviewed, which means it's now publicly available, right? Um, so I think that this the schedule of everything leading up to it is not is not what we would ask to change, but but rather just push the public hearing component to the meeting on the eighth. So that when we come back on the 25th with a vote, um, it is inclusive of any of the feedback that perhaps we heard or things that we want to emphasize. I'm not suggesting it changes it dramatically one way or the other. I think it's just, you know, to ensure that, you know, if the public hearing component is able to be um, processed. So we'll need to we'll need yeah. to revise the whole calendar if that's the case. Yeah, yeah the, I was going to ask Michael. If it's, I just want to remind that up, yeah, what is the impact that it's it, it's that public hearings. I know you guys haven't been through it yet, but that public hearing piece is the district superintendent, the the, the um, budget, uh, excuse me, director of finance, and the teachers. It's their budget bringing to you at that point. So when you're you're not voting on a, your budget, it's our budget we put together. Then it becomes your budget after you vote. But we're submitting it to the selectmen and the warrant committee by the end of January. Correct, but it's still it changes. You still you work know, 15 on it times that, during that before town before meeting. meeting. So if, if we push the if we push the public hearing on the twenty fifth, you're going to have to add a school committee meeting between December fourteenth and thirty. You have to add another school committee meeting. Why can't we just do the hearing on the eighth? We just that, uh, well, let's let's rewind. Okay, because I. You can. It's just we got to back everything up. It's, that's, yeah, but, that's three almost. You know, it's two weeks of so actually, conversation. We, Michael, well, maybe walk us through the process sure, yeah. as to what needs to be done to prepare for that. Sure. Here's so, my my. I'll, I'll say it right now. My concern for moving that public hearing from the 25th to the 8th is: Does the administration have the time they need to make sure that reflects what their needs are? 
So that's that's going into it is my concern. It's 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 you know, and and then I, I counter that with um us having all the information we need to vote and and the, the public being able to consume it. But but I I just you know if, if we're if we're if we have if we want to move it earlier, why would it be the eighth? Maybe maybe we hold two meetings, you know, move it one week earlier, not so three weeks. We have to provide uh, the budget to the town manager. 90 days prior to to uh, town so that's how we start the process right so and then we work backwards um so i can tell you what we're doing currently currently we're reviewing all our contracts we're looking at our, our, all our contracts we might have to write bids for like uh regular transportation we're going and soliciting some you know um contracts right now and most of these contracts don't come in till sometime in november you know, because vendors um, have a hard time quoting a, a year ahead because they sure. don't know, you know, for, for instance, our special education transportation, right? You know, we go through a few different vendors because, you know, the vendor that we currently have is now having difficulties getting drivers, getting vans. So now we have to sub out to another company. And then there comes gas escalation, right? So we go out now, that gas escalation is going to be high. So we're going to be paying more premium for the same transportation. So we try to coordinate all those contracts at a specific time period. There's a lot of contractors, again, you know, they'll give you a, a quote now, but they're going, to, they're going to jack it up, right? We also look at, you know, where the state is for revenues and, and what where the town is for revenues, right? So we look at the work committee um, schedule and we try to take the schedule that we have and fit it in within that work committee schedule, right? Trying to meet the deadline at the back end and trying to meet the deadline at the beginning. So it's it's taking a whole process of trying to squeeze it in, right? Knowing that we have to present something to the school committee, right? Because it's going to be the superintendent's budget to the school committee, and then the school committee passed from January 30th all the way to May to revise their budget according to what the numbers come out from the state, federal government, and the town. Does that make sense? So you can, if you want, and just like the superintendent said, if you want to push the public hearing to January 11th, you're going to have to add another school committee. We're going to have to push the agenda up and I don't know if we're going to have time to meet with every single department chair because we have to squeeze all those bills in. Uh, today is October 12th, which, you know, right now we have those meetings happening November 1st because they're gathering their information um, and getting that available for us. Um, so that that's that's going to squeeze that by two weeks on that on the top end. So we would have next week we would have to start those department chair meetings which gives them less time, right? The way we like to do our, the budget is a zero-based budgeting, which is not adding a 4% or 3% to your current budget. It's what, what are your needs? What are you planning for? You know, for, I'm gonna give you an example. The science department, if they're looking for new textbooks, they have to go out, they have to get three quotes for us. They have to tell us, you know, uh, you know what the three quotes are. They have to present those three quotes. We have to look at it, they have to, you know, meet, they have to meet with their teachers to see what type of curriculum they want to 
you know, input. So there's a lot of that information that's happening currently. So we're if we're going to squeeze them, we're not going to have that accuracy in, in, in that budget as we're moving. So anything can be common. Anything we done, we can do it. I mean, we, we can do it. It's just it's not going to be. I'm not going to say. I guess no. I guess from my perspective, I'm just wondering what is broken in the process. Yeah, what's the value like what's, add what's, from moving this? Why are we broken? asking? Like, why to are we doing that? We hear from the public before we vote. But I'm learning. I'm learning. I learned this a couple months ago. We talked about this because the vote, like. What we is just the like vote? take over the thing and that it just, I learned it just that last moves time. the budget from Jeff to us officially. So that's when we officially own the budget and then we own the budget from there into the town meeting and we can continue to make changes or updates. And that's when you're going to be meeting with the warrant committee as the financial liaison to look at what the things are that the town's coming back with and saying maybe like, you know, you have to cut X amount from your budget right. in order to be able to get this to pass. And that's when you start doing those pieces. And then in, we can also continue to hear the public from now until that date, just because that's the open meeting doesn't mean they can't come talk to us any other time. What this looks like right now is it allows the departments that we work with and we support to make sure they can be able to get their asks in. So we understand what we're looking at when we get to that January 25th meeting. On uh, paper, I got to say as well, when it comes, the biggest list is the cut list, right? So when Jeff and Michael, after we vote the budget of our apps, goes back to the town, and then we have to work backwards and say, okay, what is the big item that we they have to prioritize for us? We're going to go after the prioritize. What is the list that we can live without and can't live without? And that's on us to decide based on that. Okay, can I just, I, sorry. You know, I, I just I want to add that the work committee on the 10 has already, if you look at the preliminary um, calendar, they already they say that we're thinking we're gonna get four percent. So yeah. knowing that yeah. we're gonna get four percent of what we have, eighty percent of our budget is payroll. Right? So we're looking right now, we're trying to gather information from teachers, right? Where who's gonna be moving next year? Um, with you know, steps, right? Steps and lanes. Steps and lanes. Yeah. So we have we're gathering all those teachers' information saying, okay, are you expecting to move next year? And if you are expected to move next year, you know, then we have to gather all that documentation of how they're going to move their, their lane, right, or their staff. Um, so that information we're gathering right now. That, so that payroll, we don't want to be in a situation uh, as other communities are where we're rushing the payroll side of it because that's, that's what takes a long time, right? The non-payroll side, we can manage that part. The payroll side, it, it, it's more involved, right? So, because, you know, and I can go over this with you. I can show you our payroll sheets. I can show you how the 26 weeks looks like, where the movements happen, how the movements happen. All that is being gathered, right? All that information. And, you, and we have to give teachers a specific period of time to provide us that information. So just to be fair, Michael, I'm not... Uh, advocating for you guys to try to do that process any faster the way this reads it made it sound like there was going to be a budget ready for us to review by the middle of december that we were then voting on in january if this is not the vote to say we accept the budget as is it's just the vote to say that we take ownership of the budget i would just appreciate the language to express that because 
the whole point, and I didn't mean to strike so many nerves, but the whole point was to say that I don't feel comfortable voting on things that require any kind of or offer an opportunity for public input in the same session. But what everyone has explained, I appreciate, is that this is not a final budget. This is us taking ownership of the budget. And therefore, that public input still has plenty of time to make its way into our feedback on the budget. Correct. That's not clear on the schedule. That's my only so point. Let's, let's update that. And let's, Thank you. And let's add. Let's add from February to March, twenty twenty-four. In, in addition to meetings of the Warren Committee, additional opportunities for public input to the school. I would appreciate that. Thank you. Do that. Absolutely, do that. Yeah, it's just, we talked about this, Rob, but yeah, just like scary when it says school committee vote, and then six days later, it says submission of the budget to the Selectman and Warrant Committee without knowing that like, yep. we still change it a lot. It just, so yeah. I, I forget, I think it was, it was 18 or 19. That budget changed like nine times between, you know, April, and, and that was the year town meeting got pushed into the summer. Correct. It changed. It continued to change as you're ne negotiating with the Warren Committee. So yeah, we take um, effectively ownership of it, and changes are you know effectively that's where the liaison becomes a lot more active. And, and to Leo's point but, too. Oh, I'm sorry, but that take ownership. Tim, Tim, I think the term ownership is just it's just options of feedback, right? Yeah, it's, the term ownership is, is a hard term. We own it now. It's we're still the governing body of the school committee. The budget that's currently in place, we voted and we're still responsible for it. So I guess the term ownership is, and I, maybe that's what's the scary term here about what we're voting on. What we're voting on is the first proposed budget for Jeff to go to the town with and start working on the actual numbers. The real business, the real work gets done by Christine and Jeff and Michael and all the finance people to try to meet our contractual obligations that Michael talked to. And, you know, Will, you've been a teacher, you want to step in a lane, and every year you move a step in a lane, right? Or you may move a lane, or you may move a step, right? And those are contractual obligations that we have. If we can't meet certain factors of that particular budget to <coughs> sorry the particular budget then we have to figure out how to make that to make that work right and those that's where the priority list comes in so that's the real work of that we're engaged in as we need to prioritize what's important to the benefit of public schools right and if it's personnel in certain areas or you know other factors that is the way the I'm sorry, the work comes in to make those decisions, right? And, and so I think that's the word, I think the term ownership is what maybe, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing you both when you, it does read that, it does read something serious, like, oh, we're voting this, this is yes. But no, it changes constantly. And I think nine times, 15 times, I think that's the, I think you're being generous. It probably changes daily, uh, you know, based on where, Chapter 70 is coming in, where circuit breakers coming in, and those factors that go into the budget for the following year. And then we have the answer clip we have to deal with as well. And I'm sure Michael is 
uh, you know, this plan that well that they will present to us when the time is right on how we're leveraging those dollars to make sure we get everything we can out of the you know federal funding and the state funding we're going to get. Yeah, and I just want to touch base on that December 14th. That's a very um, high level kind of budget. So we're updating the school committee, right? Uh, Kristen, you're part of those November meetings that we have with the Warren Committee um, that have to do with the revenue sources, right? And when, because their revenue changes, um, you know, they're, they, you know, they're looking at right now, if the last Warren Committee is their free cash. Their free cash number is very high this year. They're going to certify probably the highest amount that they ever have uh, in that year for free cash. Um, so they're looking at what to <coughs> with those funds and how to, because certain free cash can only be used in certain ways, right? It shouldn't be used for operational dollars. It's usually used for capital, for, for OPEB, just different things. So they're looking at those revenues. They're looking at new growth. They're looking at, you know, what the new growth Michael. Is. Yeah. Michael, it might be it might be helpful to explain what OPEB and capital expenditures yeah, sure. are. So so OPEB is a liability that the, that the town has that they have to be able to fully fund by a certain fiscal year, right? And that's 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 a liability and an obligation, you know, that has to do with the employees, okay? And retired so, insurance, health insurance, insurance going forward and so forth. So that that's that is something that they have to look into, right? Because they have an obligation by a specific year, 2000, is it 30 or 35, that they have to fully fund that fund moving forward, okay? Then they look at the capital. There's still two different types of capitals. They have their facility stabilization, which is a capital, which is over a million dollars that deals with any facility upgrades. And then they have a regular capital account, which is like vehicles, um, uh, technology, anything that's not part of the physical building. So th those are different avenues that they have to fund and how are they going to fund them? You know, and those are the conversations that are happening right now. Uh, we had a capital committee meeting today. So the work committee is gathering all this information. They're also gathering the revenue and revenue keeps on changing either at the federal level for funding and at the state level, right? Those numbers are usually not secured until we're done pretty much presenting our budget, and that's why there's tweaks back and forth. Um, so the, and what we're saying on December 14th, we're saying not this is what the revenue source is going to be. We look at, at it from it, here are our needs and yep, here are understood. our wants, right? And we try to say, okay, on December 14th, if you look at what we need you know, for a budget, this is what it's looking like to fulfill our contractual obligations, mm -hmm. you know, the main point of it, you know, and to move the district forward, right? As we as we move forward. So we present all that to you. You're going to be part of those meetings with the Warren Committee. So you're going to be you're going to have that information as we go on, right? So it's not that meeting is not this is the number because that number changes. Mm -hmm. You know, we could come in at seven percent, right? Yeah. But by the time that public hearing comes, right, with all the conversations that are happening back and forth. That number could go down to four percent. I mean, or it could stay at seven percent. So that's what happens between that December fourteenth and that January twenty fifth, right? It's all that back and forth, talking, refining the numbers as we're getting better numbers. Everything is an estimate, right? Because we're doing this a year before 
you know, mm -hmm. the funding is going to happen. So we take certain things in, in consideration. That's how we establish our assumptions, right? So we have to establish our assumptions saying, this is what we're assuming is going to happen. And this is why we're building the budget on these assumptions. And you're going to have that information. I, I just want to walk through this. No, I appreciate it, Thank you. Okay. Um, so what I have redo this then and bring it back for November. Does that make sense? So just some wording, wording, wording. Well, yeah, I think the days there's two there's two areas that I'd see, but the part of me says I, I would prefer to vote this right. move on. Because I, I was I was just pulling out what else we have to do in November, um, which is pretty dense. So dense again, yes. And and um, you know, I, I wanna so I, I wanna just consider that the two changes that I saw in there was um the February to March 2024, you have TBT meetings with warrant committee and opportunities. Um, what did you say? For so additional opportunities for public input to the school committee and to change the budget or something like that. Like something right, right. Like the, just something that something clarifies yeah. that we are going to, you know, that that makes it clear that, that that's not the final budget that we're bringing to town meeting. Right, I think that's well, kind carry, of the concern. Kim, let's just carry a public for every meeting we have we discuss the budget, just carry the public input part of like, we, we have that anyway. We do that anyways, yeah, anyway. right. That's what I'm saying. Um the one area though that I agree in the way that the uh calendar reads, like I love the January 31 submission of the FY25 budget to selectmen and warrant committee. And if we said that's what we're voting on on, on January 25th, yeah, to select board. Um, you know, public hearing, presentation of the operational and capital budgets, school committee vote on bringing this forward to the select board and warrant committee. Because that on, you know, that's what's the next step. So to, to me, I think um, we spent the, you know, I think it's important to understand, you know, make sure we understand that process. So, so it's great. But that, I think that adds that clarity uh, that that's what we're voting on on January 25th. And uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think, and I think having, you know, it's been present and it's present, you're going to be that liaison. It's important to be at those meetings and hear it. Like, I think what happens with the negotiation and what tends to happen in every municipality uh, is the, the back and forth of what we're going to give up and what they're going to give up and what it's outside. We are the largest part of the budget. So it's, you know, it's very, it's it's hard, right? Because it is it's it's people versus roads, right? Or it's people versus other factions in DPW. And and as Michael was saying, I'm glad to hear that we have you know extra free cash to take off some of the capital items because that will stop leaking rooms and upgrade the technology in some of the buildings, you know, and things like that. So that that's actually a good thing. Um, but for us, it's going to be that you know to see where we are with what we're where we are currently in our contracts, you know, where we are with our contracts to make sure we can meet our needs to make sure we're going to the staff and keep our class sizes down and, you know, keep the programming the way we need to be wanted. So I think that's an important item. And I'm okay with talking about it more openly, you know, more and more, you know, more often yeah, to get everyone up to date on the process. I think it's something that uh, I think that the public needs to be well aware of it. So, um, so let's get people to the need to ask questions. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Okay, so how does uh, 
the committee feel about taking this uh, forward with the vote? Just in general. I support the dates. Oh, yeah. Voting on the dates. So, so more correction on the dates, January eighth. Correct. Oh yes, correct. And there's one on there on January twenty fifth that says FY twenty three public hearing, which is a typo. Twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm good because uh, I think I understand the process. I learned a lot a couple months ago when we had kind of a lot of the same discussion. Um, anyone listening to this at home that is emailing us or wants to talk budget, we have a long time to do that. After the, so yeah, I'm good. So I just just an example, just to kind of frame it a little bit. In last year, that first pass on on December eighth, our increase uh, that we presented was five point six five percent. At the public hearing, uh, the increase was four point nine eight percent, and then the final in March was four point two three percent. And then, what to Leo's point about the cuts? Once we get in that February to May time. Um, Michael, Kristen, and I would work to see what to put some of the, the cuts in there and then bring it back to the committee to vote on the cuts. So um, if you look on the budget documents on the website, you can see how the progression of, of the budget each year and some of the reductions we've had to do. Yeah. So those, was that, was those percentages you're saying, Jeff, is that what the town allowed us or what we were asking? Like we went from 4.8 to 4.7 to 4.2. Was that what like the whole, like that's what we had to be, be like even or you're saying yeah we got to the point of 4.23 with the town like that that last town. that was yeah, the final okay. one yeah that was the final one. but the, you know the the one we do in december <clears throat> warren committee would be here to see it but we haven't really talked about it at that point um they come to the public hearing and then from the public hearing on i think our schedule will be february michael i think yeah. steve showed us so i think we're in february after the public hearing and then we do the, the conversation with them and then it's the push and pull to get it to what, what works for the town the February is asked for sentence to the work committee. But prior to that, we're working with the, the liaisons from the work committee, you know, and going back and forth. And I, I guess I wouldn't want that to be naive either. Like, you know, the town works together. You know, there's a good reason why the school yeah. department is housed inside the town hall with the town. They're working together, <laughs> uh, you know, to do the best they can for the town bedfield. But that's what we hire them to do. So, and they inform us to make those decisions. And so I think that I want the public to understand that that's what we're here to do. We're here for that process to make those, you know, to make those decisions to prioritize the needs based, in this case, it's based on our strategic plan, right? And that's why we have that strategic plan. And it all blends in together and how we're going to meet our goals, if that makes sense. So uh, I I would I would want to bring this forward for a vote um, before doing so I, I would one more time I'd state what the revisions are before doing so this is there's a there's been a lot of discussion about this so I I would um, be willing to open up before a vote to public input if there is any based on the new information that was shared and then and having rewritten that policy last year that was the re there was some some there but I think um, so I, I would I would um, unless before doing that is there any other no conversation. No. From the group, I, Molly is looks thrilled over here too. Oh. I, I, I was sincere when I said the fun part was with the, the principals. Who would have thought? Um, is there any public input either on Zoom or in the room? Um, yes. 
Chris Platts of Curve Street. So I just, I really appreciate this discussion. It was, it's been great to listen to you guys talk about this. Um, what I would urge you to do, and I, and this is clearly, this is, this is my motive here is about community engagement and allowing the, the public parents um, to be able to digest the budget, the proposed budget in bite-sized pieces. And, and there's an opportunity here to take for one, like the next school committee meeting to ask Michael to just give us an, give a, a summary of the prior budget, you know, based on what was submitted to DESE highlights high level, you know, here are the, here are the things that we had budgeted for here are the actuals here are the things that are going to be rising to the surface with the new budget. Um, here are, you know, unanticipated revenues, unanticipated, just a high level sort of synopsis of what has happened the past school year that will influence this budget going forward. Because then when you look at that detailed spreadsheet, it starts to make a little bit more sense. The, the prior budget, the actuals start to make a lot more sense with what the budget looks like. Um, and that shouldn't influence the calendar. I mean, that shouldn't influence you know, how the this plays out going forward because it's not the budget. You're just giving people an educational look um, that would be taped. People can refer back to it. They can get a better understanding of how the budget worked. And that would be my only suggestion with tying a date to do that um, into the calendar. Okay, thank you. So I would just share with the committee that um, when we put out the budget online, um, as we have for years, we do have the previous year's budget and the actuals. So if I'm looking at the one from um, FY24, um, we have the FY21 budget, FY21 actual, FY22 budget, FY22 actual, FY23 budget, FY24 request, and it's every single line item that we have in the budget. So we do provide that uh, publicly prior to um, the public hearing. Does it, does it summarize them or is it every line item? It's so like, all other, like it's every, all every line item here. I think, I think Chris was, I, think, I, mean, I don't know what Chris was saying, I'm just saying as a general rule, let's, let's stay in order. I mean, like we're taking this to a Well, yeah, I'm just, so I would like to see, like, I don't, you know, the businesses I own, I don't look at every line item, right? I'd like to see like a big general, like that makes sense to me. So, no, we don't so do that. this is the Wait. calendar that we're trying to vote on. Oh, sorry, I'm good right? with the calendar. So that's what we're talking I'm, I'm about. Let's vote on the calendar I, I, so we can continue with the agenda level, We have a lot to get through. If there's a workshop that Michael holds around the budget. Okay, I'd like to make a motion. I'd like to make a motion to vote the calendar as amended with uh, Will's amendment from 23 to 25. And the other amendments. And the other amendments. Yeah, yeah the three were um, changing the date to January 8th, right? Um, yep. For uh, the January twenty fifth refer the, the you know the, the text under the January twenty fifth, um, right. including the clarity that it is for submission of the FI twenty five budget to selectmen and warrant committee. Uh, As amended. Yep. Yeah, and then the third one I think is consistent with the language Jeff shared, um, which is the February to March two thousand twenty four. Um, I hear a motion. Second. All in favor. Aye. 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 Okay, that's five eyes. Okay, thank you. Great discussion. Uh, so, Did you have those notes? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, it, now, superintendent's goals, I think we said we were going to table that. Is that correct? 
correct? Yes. I would like to tell you, I agree with Taylor that that's why we aligned to the new strategic plan. Well, yeah, there's a little discussion there, but we'll just we'll just table that. Um, is yeah. is um, is, is I think on there, and, and just in the interest of trying to um, make sure we have our everybody present um, as we get through the others. Um, school start times discussion. I think that's an update. Is that correct? Well, what we're going to do there is have uh, sorry, find my notes. Uh, talk a little about um, why we're going through this and. Um, kind of what the process is going to be. Will and I met with Dr. Marsden. So I don't know, Jeff, do you want to share a little about what the process is going to look like? Yeah, in I think the beginning we, part? we talked about, you know, looking at a timeline and working backwards. So if the committee wanted to vote at the June, I think June 6th meeting, um, a recommendation from, from the committee. We look at doing something internally for the next, you know, couple of months to, to get some folks on board with teachers and students and whatever and have those conversations to see kind of where we're at. And then put together um, a task force in you know January, February, and work all spring to get to a point where it's a recommendation to change or not change. Um, and I think that we talked about having parents and uh, teachers, students, administrators as a part of that committee and have those conversations all through spring. And I, I, we also talked about like the appointment piece. I would I would try to appoint the staff members. You guys could appoint the parents. That kind of thing. On the, on the task force, and then we could um, come to a recommendation, whatever that recommendation might be through the process. And that would give, if if the recommendation was to change start times, that would give folks an entire year. Um, so it would be a September 25 implementation to um, plans for babysitting, work, all that kind of stuff that would, might need to be adjusted based on start, start times being adjusted and give people you know plenty of time to do that. So in that springtime, not only would there be meetings, but you know, gathering feedback from parents, forums, those kinds of things to kind of get that information, um, so that we can get as much information as we can going forward. I, I think that's what we. Yeah. So the ask right now is to understand better: will there be a financial impact, and what that will look like? Right. As well as um, some potential scenarios, right? Because while it might feel that there's infinite possibilities, there probably realistically are only a finite number right. of things that we can really be looking at. Especially so, that are yeah that are financially neutral or close to right. correct. Right. Yeah. So the the ask right now is for you to be able to do a little data gathering right right now and then come back to us. Because I think we want to have all that groundwork done before we get into a task correct. force, so we can yeah. actually have so people are wondering what's the financial impact. Well, let's do that right. map now and get all that information. That makes sense. Well, and I think I think a big part of that is going to be the impact on the elementary schools. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Sorry, the elementary schools. We are going to have to change start times with different uh, schools. You know, if we are going to flip with buses, and there's going to be an impact on what parents think about, you know, having their kids go earlier to elementary school, right? So I think that's the that's one big factor. I yeah, I mean, thinking I think, about. I think that's one model, Leo. I mean, one model is doing the flip. I, I feel like um, communities that have done that have had a lot of success with that. So I think we would have to make some changes, but I don't know if a flip would be the one that we look at, but that's kind of what we're going to do the next couple of months is trying to figure out you know, what would work and then bring that to you guys to take a look at. That sounds, um, sounds great. Yeah, the only, I almost think it's, uh, so that you, in January, you'd be assembling the task force. Right. Their job is to determine a recommendation if we change or not change. Right. The assumption is that would be um, 
we would vote on it in the spring, the end of the spring. So June. June meeting. June. Yeah, so kind of work and, and then you'd have a 12-month buffer Correct. before you implement. And I would just think the task force might actually say, you know, hey, we recommend we change. We also recommend we do additional, um, you know, knowledge gathering and sharing with the community. Right. And it, we don't think it would be such a great idea to vote on that in the spring. Could be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Like it, it just because it may take a little while for everybody to absorb right. what's going on. So that, that would be that would be to me the only thing is change or not change and vote now or, you know, hey, we need another. We need more time. Yeah. We need more time. Well, is well, not a failure. There's another factor here, like if it's going to be a financial cost, right? right. Can we actually afford to do it? And that's going to be a conversation a year from now, and it's the exact same time, based on the budget process, right? right. If it's going to be a budget impact, what are we giving up, right? Or where are we getting that money to do it? Right. So that's going to be another factor we have to take into consideration around the conversation. So, so I think it would be. I think it sounds great, and I would think maybe you know, like I'm. Like in the March or so, March or April, maybe you'd be give us an update. Sure. Right. We want to have update. Well, how's that going? Yeah. Well, we want to make sure that it's staying on the agenda from now throughout so that we can make sure we're. That's even right. better. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not falling by the wayside. It's staying in the okay. forefront of our discussion and our minds. Okay. Great. Let's see. Start times. Other items since posting on October 6th. I missed it, Chair, but I could think of some if you want to be. No, we're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> I think we're good. Um, okay. And so I didn't quite hit the time, but that's good. Those were um, those were great, great conversations. So uh, at this stage, I'd say we keep trying yeah. to, to get uh, to get through it. Um, cell phone usage we covered, which was great. Um, actually, private school student enrollment follow up. So I know I saw some things in the packet. And hello, um, Dr. Marsden. I, I know Krista, thanks for your help with this too. Um, in your packet, um, there is a, a quick memo that gives an update on <clears throat> the enrollment in terms of private withdrawal and then new enrollment that came in. Um, so Krista and I met on this and went through the numbers and um, we actually, Krista, we found it was a preschool kid. That was on that list that should have been on that list. Oh, that's why you were up. Yeah. So okay. you got I didn't a new count one. the preschool. Yeah, you got a new one um, that has 48, which is what it should be. Okay. And our one that we had yesterday, uh, we put in the packet originally was 49. We found it was a preschool student that shouldn't have been on that list. Right. Um, so if you look at the, the first, um, first table, we have all the grade levels on the left-hand side. And then this is these are apples to apples. These are the same kids. Okay. So this is these are students that said that they were going to withdraw their rising year. They're going to withdraw the next year. Um, and then as of October 1, it's the number of kids in that grade level, that rising grade level that withdrew. So you'll see that fairly consistent, you know, throughout is a couple more in third grade, excuse me, in fifth grade. Um, interesting data point there in eighth grade. So we had 21 uh, students that indicated that they were going to be withdrawing and going to private school in eighth grade. Um, but that actual number is 16 because some folks came back. So over the summer, um, some families changed their mind and didn't, didn't uh, withdraw, re-entered their kid in uh, to the Metfield Public Schools and did not go. So that number is not 21, it's 16. You see the, the, the row, the, excuse me, the column on the, the right, which is green as the totals as of. So we ended up with 
in May, we had 32 students that we were told were going to be going to private school K to 12. Um, an additional 16 from May until our first day of school, essentially October 1, with a total of 48 kids. Um, and then contrast that on our enrollment. We um, ended up having, in May, only had 19 new students enroll. Um, but then typically what happens from May until, you know, October 1 is when folks start to enroll, 66 additional students, so um, 85 is the total enrollment. The second page um, just gives you what the private withdrawal and, and new enrollment was for the previous two school years. So I know that would be something you want to compare it to. Um, you'll see that in 2021, 2022, the private withdrawal was 53 students and the new enrollment was 163. And that was kids coming back from COVID that were in private school and COVID or homeschooled in COVID. Um, and then 2022, 2023, the withdrawal was 38 and new enrollment was very close to what we have now. It was 89 instead of the 85. So I know Kristen, um, we, had, we had a lot of conversation about, so we, we looked at the data just to see where people were going, what schools, like we went through all that. So um, I, I also want to rec just recognize too that in addition, 34 students moved out of town, four students enrolled in vocational school, and one student elected to homeschool as a part of that as well. My only question on this data is when it says new enrollment, is that anyone who enrolled in Medfield or is that kids coming back from private school? Could be either one. Like could yeah. be kids moving to town, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, most of it's moving to town, but there are right. definitely kids that came back from private school. Okay. Absolutely. So this was really just on the agenda so that we could provide an update from the spring. Um, the reason we talked about it in the spring, which, you know, I think arguably this time of year is better because we have mm -hmm. the, the real numbers for the school year. Um, but the reason we raised it in the spring was because there were a lot of uh, members of the community that were talking about it, that were expressing some specific concerns mm -hmm. about it. So the point was to really get in, start the process, kick off the process of doing the surveying, um, which I think is great. And, um, you know, from, from spring to now, I don't think there, there's a difference in the numbers. There wasn't a dramatic difference in survey responses, a handful more. Um, you know, as Dr. Marsden said, you know, I, I look at the list and, you know, I, I, I've, I've gone through, I went, you know, 20 years back and the DESI site, I looked at us, I looked at neighboring towns, we are hovering in that seven to 8%. That is, you know, where we are. Um, unless there's something dramatic that shifts in that, I don't think that this is a, a topic of concern for our community um, as a whole that we need to be actively discussing. I would say the data is there. Anybody can get to it. They can go see how Medfield's doing against other towns, which I thought was very helpful. Um, I love the survey that that's been implemented, that we can keep an eye on this, though, because I don't want to suggest that oh, there's there's not a fire here. This is something we should continue to pay attention to, observe, be on the lookout for. I, I did think it was interesting, I you know, looking at the schools, you know, over 20 of the kids are going to gender-specific schools. Um, you know, another, and I never know if I should count Montrose as, as there's sort of not religious parochial per se, but there's, anyway, um, so also an equal number going to religious schools. In this day and age, that doesn't surprise me. There's a reason these these schools are there, and there's a reason families may want to choose to adopt them. So I would say from where I'm sitting, looking at all the data, looking at how we compare across communities, I think it's important that we have a process to evaluate if people choose to leave, why they leave, continue to look for trends, 
and provide you know annual updates at a high level and encourage the public that the the information is also publicly available anytime you want to go see you know where we are you know statistically against our our neighbors um, which can be quite fascinating and and there's also a direct tie no one's going to be surprised with affluence of a community and going to private school um, that's also there so just you know there are some interesting things to look at but um, you know thanks for getting the updated numbers I, we we owed that back so I'm glad we did it um, and obviously if anyone wants to reach out I'm happy to talk to them. And we talk about doing this every October, right? We, yes. We, do it, we put we it on should. every October. We, we yeah. just make it a, a, an agenda item in October to give an update on where we are instead of doing the May one, but just give an update in October because we start to That's the get real that information. And just, it's a good data point to look at, for sure. Okay. Well, great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, strategic plan update. So in your packet, I provided a couple of screenshots for the dashboard. Um, and I think that I had sent that to you to take a peek at too. So um, if you're okay with it, we'd like to really move forward with that and start to fill in everything and, and get it ready. I think the one thing that we need to do um, <clears throat> is decide how we're gonna calculate, you know, how much is done, like how what factor we're gonna give to each one of those to calculate what percentage is done under each priority. Uh, so I think that Neil's going to work on that a bit and then, you know, present something to me and I can send it your way to see what you think. Because um, it's really just the way he has the gauge on there right now is just uh, made up. It's not it's not something that um, is actually happening. So you want to. Yeah, I think that'd be uh, I think that'd be really helpful if, you know, you and your team would put like uh, a weighting category of some sort, like yeah. you know, one through five, you know, for each part of that. Uh, just because I want to be fair, I want to be fair to you and your team too, right? So if there's one light part of that, they all they get all the way to green, right? They're all green across the board because it was a light lift versus somebody else. So let's you know, let's see what you know, is there a way to do that? And I don't want to overcomplicate this. And you know, and Tim, you get the analytics piece, especially when it's qualitative, uh, you know, analytics, you know. It's very hard, you know, and just whatever you feel, Jeff, I think, you know, coming back to it, but I just want to be fair across the board uh, to everyone about the, the effort, right? There's, there's going to be a lift to some of these items that's going to be really large. So how do we do that in a meaningful way uh, so that it's, um, you know, how we do that in a meaningful way so that people you know, it reflect well on the efforts that are being put into it. I think that's the language concern. I don't want the I want the dashboard to be fair on yeah. both us as a committee and on you as uh, you and your team and you know obviously all your teachers and everybody else uh, in this process. So I guess um, that's the the quality part that I want. I'd like to make sure is is fair in the process. So I feel like we could launch the dashboard without that piece right now because. Yeah. I mean, once they finish it, we could launch it, you know, because we're in the beginning stages of it now. So we could figure out the weighting and what the value is going to be for each one of those. You know, I could bring it in November or something for you guys to take a look at and see. I feel like we can still get it out there so people can see what it looks like, you know. So, so and I want to just make sure because I, yeah, I, this is all I do professionally. And um, can, you, can you wait them for us? Immediately. No, immediately you do get geeked out by the dial. Yeah, just how it works. Yeah. And then you saw I gave him yeah. Jeff some feedback immediately. I said, okay, well, how do the dials roll up? Yeah. 
And I think part of what I'm hearing in my own experience is the dials may not always roll up. Right. You may unfortunately be one of those things that you have. It's those are, you know, so I, I, I agree with what Leo's saying. I'd rather, you know, um, on this one, I'd, I'd rather get something out and, and, you know, continue to get better. Okay. Um, that recognize this is called a transition year. You know, we're putting yeah. something new that we haven't done. Right. And um, I just don't want to get those scores or that if it is waiting. But, uh, I'd rather get it out too. Tim, I'd rather get it out and get the exploration going so that the lift can be assessed, right? Yeah. Right. Jeff deploys teams on these right now. I mean, they may come back and say, Jeff, this is going to take us forever. Right. This is going to take us forever. We're going to need X, Y, and Z. And uh, he's going to have to come back to us and say, listen, we can break this up into different pieces and make that happen. So, I mean, it's a complicated item for some of these. You know, some of these, it's great to set the goals, but the path to the goals could be a longer path than expected. Right. Would, and Leo, would you for, anticipate? And just for our community, for other reasons. Would you like, anticipate you know, like a road to a new school? That's going to take some time for us. Leo, would you anticipate the waiting and the establishment of that to, to be extremely complicated? I would release it until we get to the point. I put enough on the fly. Um, because I would say the waiting, yeah, come on, that's a moving target too, right? No, that's it is. Sure. Target. It's yeah. a, you know, each one of these is going to have their own. I mean, if you want to set someone on it, like that. I would say it's a combination of human time to deal with, adoption time, which God, that measuring that is you you can put a you know put it to your team and say what do you think it's going to take to adopt this you know is each one of those goals and then um, a combination of uh, the human time, the adoption time, and then whatever funding is involved, right? Can we fund it? So those are the three items that I would categorize. Um, to develop what's, you know, I call it lift, but the, the one it is, it's the effort, right? What's the effort to accomplish the goal? Um, and, and how do you measure adoption, right? Because adopt, each one of those is going to have, you know, their own adoption measure. And it's a complicated matter, right? It's complicated. I don't want to overcomplicate it in that sense for us, but that's why I would say I would, I would put the, I would get it out there and let the public see it yeah. for sure. That brings up. We'll have them work on it. We'll I'll bring it back and see. But let's try to get it out next week, maybe, and yeah, get it posted. So the second part of the plan is that uh, we got the revised plan this afternoon uh, with with the revisions on it and corrections and all that. So um, we'll be good to do hopefully both by like next Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that. Get it out to the community, put it on the website um, with a with a narrative and a, and, a, <clears throat> and an email, um, and get that link out, and then. Um, the staff have seen the draft. I, I did a faculty meeting today and went through it with them or two schools today. And I have uh, two schools in, in another week or two. So uh, they'll get it anyway, but I've, I've been through it with them as well. Uh, yeah, happy with it. Yeah, it looks really nice. They did, a, they did a great job with it. They did some nice revisions for us. Um, the way they incorporated, and you guys have seen it, but the way they incorporated um, the clock, the, the, 
I see those clocks everywhere now. It's an unbelievable. Yeah, it doesn't represent right. everything. This it's it's you see them everywhere. You know, every college visit you go on, there's one there, and they all see electric time on them. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. So, you know, a little slice of Medfield everywhere you go, for sure. So they've done a great job with that, but we're ready to should be ready to get that out too. Okay. 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 Um, I want to just break off one as I was scanning, looking for the scorecard. I saw one thing. Um, if you don't mind, Leo, just a yes or no for tomorrow on that policy meeting. Yes, okay. uh, but I do need to leave at 10.30. Okay, I think we're fine. So the, the Jim had asked, and I just wanted to give him the courtesy, and we'll, we'll revisit that in a minute. Um, okay, good good work on the, um, I mean, great great work that that's continuing the scorecard is. Yeah. Yeah, it's only cool. Yeah, that's, yeah, we're making some great progress there. Okay. Let me just say yes. I normally do not, I really practice not multitasking in that when I was looking something up. So, um, let's see. Okay, goals discussion. Are, are we, um, just take a, read the room for one or four minutes before we go, because it's 9.30, so we're about two and a half hours. Um, I think we should table it to the next meeting. Um, yeah, goals. I'm I'm okay at least with a few, but I'm I'm wondering, um, do we? I see one. Building committee updates pretty quick. Can we engage it? Yeah, I, I just want to. Um, I think we should be tabling a couple of these. Um, you know, or, or we. You know, how how does everyone feel? Yeah. Continuing, you know, maybe maybe reassess in 20, 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, I think you've gotten through all the yeah, I think goals critical. I think most, yeah, so that's what I was going to say. I've, um, so I, I just want to get general signal. So it's like at I would least. I say table goals right now. I think the other stuff is going to be quicker. So let me ask before around. tabling is we, we posted the goals, I think, as of Friday. Okay. Revisions to the goals. Um, I did get feedback from individuals. We haven't talked about it as a group. I feel that um, we've reflected that feedback, um, so so I would I wouldn't mind at least having a quick. You know, if, if, I'm not suggesting um, run, run the meeting, but our um, you know um, uh, change the meeting yet. Yeah, part of the intention on, on some of these we want to get them, you know, get things approved. In order to to uh, continue to move, so. But I don't think I mean we're we're doing these, like you, Michelle, already moving forward, scheduling the office. Hour. I mean it's not stopping us from moving forward on anything, right? So let me ask it a different way, because the goals is not something we vote on. At this stage, it's it's putting putting it out there. Is there anything? If it's if, if we're not voting it, and it's after nine thirty, I think it, I think we can table it. Okay. I echo Kristen's sentiment. We're working on these right now, so. Yeah, I think they're. I mean, I think um, they're seeing that. Okay, so we'll table that. Wait, I just, I have one question before we do table it. Because I, I, one of the things we talked about that we didn't want to keep discussing goals until February, right? So was there any major feedback that we need to be discussing right now or having all of us here together? The the only, my only comment would be, and I, I've, I've been guilty of this. I don't even know if the word is guilty. I'm not always, uh, I haven't always read through everything. At the level I might have, so I, you know, if, if we are going to talk about it, you know, maybe spend one or two minutes as to what changed. Get a general. Looks, what you did, what you drafted here for focus this year is exactly what we're doing today. So, 
I'll be honest, I, I linked it. So I, I'm going to spend one or two minutes, and I, I did put a comments on there, and and I'm wide open to tabling it as well. If, uh, but I want to just, you know, if, if it's if there's disagreement, it's just that's great. In, in any um, questions, let me see. I'll just do this from uh, from memory. Um, the, the major, I think the guidelines stayed identical. The goals, I think um, there was some um, great feedback around making sure, hey, if we have focus areas for the strategic plan, isn't that our goals? Um, I, I will, I say Leo actually shared that and I thought that was really tremendous feedback. And I think we- um, I do wanna apologize for that, Tim. I think I was a little over the top in the last meeting. I want to say that I do apologize. Uh, I may have gotten a little passionate <laughs> no, I, I I am. So, I agree, though. I think I think the essence of the conversation was absolutely dead on. That's why we're all here. So, oh, but I I felt like I may have been. No, it was great. Time. That was where I felt funny. Was we don't want to have a process on top of goals and other goals. Well, I think um, by saying we're going to support the district in pursuit of the strategic plan focus areas, which Dr. Morrison had presented to us, and we link right into that strategic plan. I think that's great. Um, the actual goals that we had, really, um, those that were in the focus areas of the strategic plan, they're referenced there. Yeah. So, so the number is is reduced, but that's as to what's called out. Yep. And then the second, you know, the items that are not specifically, um, you know, the, the administration or you know, there are things that fall a little bit outside. So, but but we are accountable for them. So that's really where the policy manual, bringing the policy manual online um, was, you know, that's not directly in there. Yeah. Um, the community, we're trying some new things to yeah. call out what those new things are. Um, the Dale Street project, I think the two public forums, it's not specifically in there. We, we, we think that, I think everybody's, I didn't hear feedback negatively about that. Right. And um, we had a great conversation tonight about budget. <laughs> which is one of the most, you know, the critical things we do. So so that was, the, the idea was, though, trying to align to the focus areas in future years. As those focus areas come forward, we might listen a little more. It's, hey, if I want to see, you know, X or Y, we want to make sure we're communicating that. Mm -hmm. um, and then calling it out. So I, I love the fact that it fit in, it did fit in one page. Yeah. So, Michelle, you asked a question a couple minutes ago. What was that question? Well, I just wanted to, I, I recognize that we want to table it, but I also don't want to be tabling this or discussing this till February. So was there any major things that people wanted to have everybody hear? It sounds, it sounds like we're not tabling it. So um, <laughs> I don't see anything glaring on it. I like it. Uh, I don't, it, it's, it's pretty straightforward to see the things that we're already doing or are expected to do. So I don't think it's anything above and beyond that. Um, I think Tim, you and I talked about one thing that I might put under the category of student engagement. Doesn't have to show up as a goal, but it was more for us to reflect on how we engage with the student representatives, maybe in a, you know, more productive way. Um, and that's just something that we don't have to talk about now. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a goal, but it was just a, a I was thinking of it at two high levels, community engagement, but also student engagement and where there are opportunities for us to be more tightly knit with that group based on some of the things that we've read about 
um, you know, the expectations of those student representatives. So that's just something. No, I, I agree. I, there was, there was some, um, some conversation, I, I think good conversation that could, it could even fall under tonight's agenda item around um, one of the items that's a standing event mm -hmm. item around community engagement and communication. But high level, Kristen had some some great ideas around maybe do we reconfigure this room a little bit um, so that it it's just feels a little more like a round table. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that round table may have to shift. <laughs> but but um, those themes, yeah, I, I think some of the things in the goals theoretically you talk about. Hey, these are some ideas during the year that um, you know, could become goals for next year. But I, um, Kristen, I'm all for that, and, and I just I think following. Um, one of them, you know, apply to the whole committee and, and, you know, like that, that one, I to put that in there, it just didn't feel right. But that, yeah, I was, um, you know, so I, I guess we're not tabling it. I, I, I mean, Will, any other? I mean, you, I mean, you said it's published and we don't vote on it, right? Right. Yeah. It's not something we vote on, not a policy. No. Yeah. Oh. So, and, and, uh, and I think, Again, the guidelines haven't changed, and um, the one thing we would do is we would revisit this at the end of the year. Yeah, like, it, it, you know, not we're not getting into scorecards or things at this stage. Right. How did we do? You know, modeling. I forget what district it was, but uh, end of year or the retreat. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Um, and I still I do agree that we may not get through. We may table a couple others. So. Um. SBC update. SBC, do you want to give it or do you want me to give it? Um, I don't know. I don't think there's much new. Um, so when did we meet last time? Did we meet before Medfield Day last week? I think. We no, met. no. I'm sorry. I meant when did the school committee meet? Oh. Um, before Medfield, before Medfield yeah. Day. Yeah. Okay, so um, SBC had a booth at Medfield Day, um, just to create more of a connection to the community, let the community know that. The SBC is there. Um, the um, you know the conversations sort of continued around um, you know what are what are ways we can do to better engage. Um, I think we're still waiting to have some conversation about MSBA funding, but I think there's a push to do more um, of the due diligence earlier. So that was part of the discussion at the last SBC meeting. Uh, is there an opportunity for us to engage uh, with someone to you know, help with that assessment of the viability of some of the locations and, and the viability of renovation versus build so that we are getting ahead of those topics and, and making sure that we have real data on what's possible and what's not possible and where it's possible. Uh, and I think that's something everybody on the committee is somewhat hungry for. So um, I would say Kristen, that. Uh, in yes? response to that, has anyone decided to look at the million dollars worth of data that we collected in the last uh, feasibility study? No, Leah, no one's looking at that. Sorry. Okay. I, 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 I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm, you have to I'm not. the room, Leah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're not. I'm not reading the room. Again. No, you're no, not. That's fine. So we, I mean, we did spend a million dollars of our you know, money on that. So. I'm assuming that that is brought to the table and if Mike Webb is there leading that charge. Yes, yes, Mike is, sure. is there and obviously has the history and he's been helping to acquaint the SBC with some of the history and the facts. So, but what do you guys think? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that the documents are there too. So I think one, once we get that's to that, once we get to that point, we can look at the feasibility study that was done and see what we can use, what we can't use. So we'll absolutely be able to use some of that. Uh, no question about that. Um, the other pieces we're having the joint meeting. Joint meeting, yes, on November fourteenth, not the seventh, fourteenth. No, I had the seventh before. Yeah, fourteenth. Fourteenth. Right? Okay. Okay, that that was one of my big questions. Was what was the date? November fourteenth. It's a okay. Tuesday. So that's select board, SBC, and school committee. Yes, and, and I believe committee. part of the warrant committee will and be there as committee. well. Well, we invited them, yeah. Yes. I think that was the hope. Then seven. seven. Yeah, yes. And so, and the SBC is the one who's accountable to Correct. manage it. Okay. Is that a deal street? That is what we had talked about. I can double yeah. check with Mike and Meredith. That was the hope. Yeah. Okay. We should be able to do that. Okay. Um, and we can talk about logistics later, but not now, but we could probably talk about how we want to. We did that last time during the last process. We had it here. And we just made um, a square so everyone can sit and talk to each other. You know? okay. So it wasn't you know, trying to look and talk. Everyone can see each other. So whatever we can decide what we want to do. Yep. Remember we did one in the summer at Dale? Yep. I do. Uh, okay. You did it, Mr. D's room. It's the only one with air conditioning. Rolling. That was in the cat. Um, community engagement and communication. I think that, in some ways, you you table. I know there's one topic around the um, informal conversations. Yeah, informal conversations. You want to update that? Sure. So we have uh, tentative dates set. I sent them out to everybody. So our first one will be Monday, December fourth. A virtual meeting. I think it's Tim and Will. Um, so just yeah. a quick review on how this works. So. We'll publish uh, approximately two weeks in advance. We'll set up a Google form that will allow members of the community who want to attend to list questions or topics that will allow school committee members to uh, gather additional um, information to be able to talk about the subject. The concept around the informal conversations is that um, your two school committee members are available to meet and discuss with the public um, any item under the purview of the school committee there's no set agenda, and since the sessions only have two committee members, um, it's not an official school committee meeting, and therefore open dialogue is permitted on topics uh, that fall under the schools. Um, so we'll be posting stuff to the patch, um, Hometown Weekly, our social pages coming up with that, and um, basically using most of the verbiage from last year unless you had anything you wanted to update or change, so. No, they were, they were good last year. I mean, my only suggestion is keeping them I won't say unstructured, but keeping them open. Yeah, they should be open, open and, 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 and an hour. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I like the idea. I didn't even know you did that when I started one uh, last year. But like the the public can kind of give us a jump, so Tim and I can kind of like yeah uh, bearings and whatever topic comes up. I mean, people like can still attempt, but yet if they have a very specific question that they want to talk to you about, yeah, you yeah, know I what I mean. Like you can that. have time to get information about it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone who's going to come to those. Yeah, so yeah. more time I have the better. Yeah, that's that's the thing. When I say open agile, you know, the spirit is we're collaborating. And right. That, yeah, I think those things are awesome. But no, and thank you. I know you did some some extra work with that. Um, the only other quick thing, and we don't have to talk about it right now, but we had talked about the lens on learning. Oh yes. So we can we can again we can add that to next time, but right. we had talked about other ways to get um, the school in here, and when they were talking earlier about some of the things they wanted to talk about, right. I felt that that would fall under that so, space. So years ago, we did uh, on the school committee agenda with every meeting, every other meeting, we would have students come in or teachers come in and just 
do kind of a lens on learning, like basically what's happening, good stuff happening in the schools, that kind of thing, as a part of the school committee meeting. So um, we had talked about maybe adding that whenever you folks would like to do that. Yeah. I, I've, I think I've shared that in our meetings as well. Right. I think yeah. having, um, it'll be great to get the input next week from the, or next time from the elementary students. Uh, and, and maybe that's like part of that second half update. Yeah. We're bringing site yeah. council in in the first half. Second half, maybe they're bringing in. And we have R and D coming up too, so that would be right. a good time for teachers to speak to you as well. Okay. So yeah, so why don't we? I mean, that would next next meeting that would fall under the community, which was right. Community engagement and communications. I'm starting to. We're all starting to lose some of the momentum. I I, I for the record, am going to suggest I'll let you. Oh wait, we're up to there now, anyways, right? We're up to um, the. Um, and I wanted to check on that. Is it? It is first in the Medfield Public School Policy Review for ADF and IMGA. Um, I'm saying that that we're into first reading, right? Yeah, we did. Reading. Yep. Okay. It's because we did information before, and then I was going to suggest we table the um, policy update at this stage because I'm, I'm getting. I just don't know that we're going to be able to do it justice. But it's our goal. I I am so <laughs> confident. What do we talk about? Like, okay. Reading, so I I looked at it. Like, what yeah. do we? talk about yeah so let's let's i'm sorry i'm, I'm starting to waver um the yeah so let's talk about so like wellness policies it's not like you just flew in from europe a couple <laughs> yeah i was in <laughs> london this morning so, so or whatever you but anyways um but no yeah let's talk about the wellness policy and service animal policy and then um otherwise we would table the um i think the, the broader policy project Maybe we'll, I'll give you one or two hints of what's happening, but maybe table the um, in the first reading because I feel okay. So, uh, Dr. Marston, though, can you? Yeah. So, in our last meeting, um, um, Brittany Hardiman, our nurse leader, um, had some feedback and, and went over the wellness policy with you. And Mary Brule was also here um, talking about the service animal policy. I, I think you know this. There's been no changes since the last meeting. Um, so if you folks want any changes or would like me to look at anything prior to the next reading, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. I, I had nothing. I mean, I honestly thought we walked away from the last one with everything we needed, mm -hmm. so I didn't have anything on those. I agree. If you, if you think of something, just shoot me an email. Okay. We can look at it. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I will, uh, or here's what I would um, say. I think we were, actually, all we had, we, we might as well try to uh, try them. But for the um, MA, for the whole overarching policy manual process, um, we're continuing to move that forward. I think uh, Leo and I have actually scheduled meetings with uh, Jim Hardy. Um, all the way through uh, the end of December. Um, I've worked uh, with Andrea. We have a schedule whereby we think we will have by then reviewed the entire annual. And um, we would be continuing to bring um, sections to the committee, um, you know, after those meetings. And uh, in theory, I think the way we're scheduling it, be able to vote on those into the second half of the year so that we would have be able to move the entire annual you know, by the end of the year. Um, so that, that process is, is moving uh, pretty well. Uh, let me just look real quick at, at this stage. Take that spreadsheet. 
um, that we looked at, but we have um, I'm backing up. That's why I was looking for. Yeah, so we we've um, I think last last time we we reviewed um, sections E and F, um, which I believe are in the packet. Yeah. At this mm -hmm. stage um, and presented as informational. Mm -hmm. um, and then and I want to actually let me make sure I'm. I'm sorry. Section E, which was support and services, and section F, which was facilities management. Um, so we brought those forward as informational. Um, I think we're planning on reviewing sections G, personnel, and section H, negotiations, uh, tomorrow uh, with Jim Hardy. And um, you want me to prepare for that one, right? Yes, I think if that, that's what we, we said before. Okay. And that, would, that meeting's at, at uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow, or at 9.30. Okay, thank you. And um, we are bringing forward um, section C, which we, we reviewed back in the spring. Mm -hmm. um, we brought that forward already as a, as a informational, but section C, fiscal management, and I'm sorry, section C, general school administration, section D, fiscal management, um, forward as first reading. And we brought that back for informational in the last meeting and even on there i i'm going to suggest because I, I can ask if there's any questions if anyone studied it and wants to ask but i i actually think at this late hour i would i would want to bring that forward as first reading in the next meeting so Tim, that we just it, it is not a, it's not a clock tomorrow it's, it's not, nine it's not okay. a yes thank you um, leo do you get that 9 a.m tomorrow so don't oh, yeah. questions i'll be there um, we'll no, time. is that what we're saying? Excuse me. We'll do it. We'll just do that next time. Uh, yeah, and okay. if there's any, um, you know, questions or we're what we're doing right now is we're refining the process a little more so that we're not bringing things forward that haven't, um, you know, haven't been through our reviews, then through the administration's reviews, and um, to make sure we're, you know, we're focusing on right and not rushed, and in, in some cases, carving elements out and saying, hey, let's do that. You know, like that policy is as is. Let's not make unnecessary changes. Um, what I've um, we've been working and in the last meeting, if you wanted to check the minutes, they're fascinating or um, even, even the live events. Um, we are working on a spreadsheet that I think will be very nicely lay out exactly how we're doing it. And um, the spreadsheet, I was going to try to bring it forward and, and put it in the packet. It had still lots of acronyms in it and some things that I think would have caused confusion. So we don't quite have it, but it's nicely, it's pretty simple, A and B, you know, informational, first reading, second reading, so you should be able to see them all stairways working down where we, you know, we have a schedule. Don't worry, you guys are going to all about it tomorrow morning when you show up at 9 o'clock. I'll bring bagels, you know, blue moon, and uh, you'll, you'll hear all about it. Yeah. So it's it's moving along. Um, talking, you know, it, uh, it, it is moving along, and... and um, that, that's what I say, but I, uh, Kristen, do you have um, questions too? About the policy? Yeah. yeah. So, so, but I would, um, for that, I would just, we're gonna pause before bringing that for a second reading. Because yeah. what we'll have, what I think we're gonna start doing though is, you know, getting to voting 
on them, which would, we would start with A and B. Yeah. Um, then we'll, we'll, we'll draw one there, just, um, and it's not really pausing, but it's bringing up if there is any comments you get to review them. Okay, so I've hit the wall as well, if anyone didn't notice. Um, I think that, is there, that agenda jumping back and forth, I think that's. Uh, I think we made it. Yeah, we had um, informational items. Oh, I had a lot of fun at uh, Plymouth today I with heard the third graders. The great day. Were there buses? Shortened day. Buses, it was short. It was short <laughs> Still great. We had great weather, lots of fun. Yeah, third grade. Strike, or not just strike, but shortage, shortage of drivers. Shortage yes, of drivers. yes, yes, yes. Um, Cross country finished their season undefeated. Middle school. Awesome. Great job. Sounded like the girls beat the ass from the screaming earlier. <laughs> yeah, was that varsity or? Yeah, it's varsity. They were up one nothing. It was against Overshare. I know, I know. Okay. And um, no, I think other than that, future agenda items, there's. There's a few that we're going to work on, but I, I mean, right now we have district fees and it's future. I can't promise in there. I think we're, I actually did a quick scan though. We're, we're doing okay. Nice, mm -hmm. nice work. Um, that folder's saying we're ready to roll. No, I, just, I thought we were, we're ready everyone to roll. Is, everyone else is. I'm uh, looking at this agenda, making sure. I'm going to put a little check mark here. My check mark here. And next meeting I'm showing November 2nd. So, do I hear a motion? motion to adjourn? <laughs> Second. Kristen got second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Thank you. That's never good. Yep.